0: Today's date is January 14th, 2018. Hello and welcome to episode 19 of Hit the Books Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Holcomb.
1: And I'm Emery Saunders. And
0: we're here to give you the saucy deets on everything comics this week. Now if that sounds good to you, please hit like and subscribe on our YouTube channel. It helps us a lot. We're trying to get that vanity URL for our YouTube channel. (laughs) Oh yeah. And we require a certain number of views and a certain number of likes and subscribes, so... Please like, subscribe, all that jazz. It really, really does help us genuinely. And if you're listening on Stitcher or iTunes or SoundCloud, we really appreciate you. Uh, But if you do a solid, (laughs) just go to uh, our website, htvvids.com. Click our YouTube channel. It'll take you right there. And you can just help us out a little bit, if you so choose. Oh, yeah. If not, we appreciate you anyway. Thanks for listening. Remember, hit the books podcast is our weekly comic book podcast. We release every Wednesday, or at least try to make it every Wednesday. Uh, again, we're two broke, we try we're <laughs> two broke guys that do this very late at night when Too we're bro- not working.
1: Yeah, we're two broke guys. <laughs> or uh, watch comics. that show. Yeah, <laughs>
0: soon to come <laughs> uh, the sequel. Um, but uh, again, uh, thanks for listening and helping us out. And uh, if you can like, subscribe, and all that jazz. It really would do us a solid. So those of you unfamiliar with the format of the show, we basically talk about what we've been reading. We go into the news items for the week. Uh, Then we run you through the new releases coming to your local comic book shops. Support your local comic book shops. And your digital devices. And then uh, we talk about two topics of our choosing. About the world of comic books. And in between we give away our cover and variant covers of the week. Oh, yeah. Uh, There's a little change, a little tweak to the topics this week. Oh yeah, uh, this is a special episode. Exclusively for this week, so stay tuned. It's very relevant to reviewing the previous year. (laughs) So, uh, without further ado, let's get into it. Emery, what have you been reading? Well, I I read The Gift That Keeps On
1: Giving. Mr. Miracle, (gasps) number six. (gasps)
0: By Tom King. Drawn by Mitch Jarrett's. So I also read this. Yeah, Uh, yeah. I, I was. I I thought the last issue was good, not great. That's why I went back to great. (laughs) Oh yeah, I enjoyed it a lot.
1: Yeah, that one. It just it is the gift that keeps on giving, with uh, a a twist at the end where I was like, oh my god, we're about to really get into it now.
0: (laughs) Oh. Yeah, unfortunately, it doesn't still give me like the the goosebumps that the first few issues did when it happened. Right. The first, especially the first issue, oh, they really yeah. sold the dark side is panel yeah. very well. But uh, it's it's lost its touch a little bit for me. Yeah, but uh, it was still exciting. Yeah,
1: this I, this I think is basically a setup for really paying off. What dark side is. Especially the last couple of panels uh, in issue six. Yeah. uh, Yeah, I'm not going to give anything away because you should be reading Mr. Miracle. Yeah,
0: we've been telling you for weeks and weeks and weeks to read Mr. Miracle. It's been going on since, what, uh, November, October, somewhere around there?
1: Somewhere around there. Um, Uh, And we're going to keep telling you, read Mr. Miracle. Yeah,
0: Mr. Miracle is a great comic. Um, Did you read any other ones? Uh,
1: I... Got to read a couple of issue number twos. Uh, there was Port of Earth, Port number two. Port of Earth, two. number three. Number three. Oh, that's a number three.
0: Uh, let's just... We'll run through them. Uh, 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 yeah, As you can see, I have a stack of comics over here. I still need to bag and board because I'm lazy. <laughs>
1: the struggle is real.
0: It was, indeed. The Port struggle. of Earth, issue three. That, that's from an Image issue. Comics.
1: That's an issue three. Uh, read that. That is yeah, that that one's still good it's still good
0: yeah picture uh end of watch plus district, district nine, nine yeah plus men in black y- up to a certain the original point. one
1: yeah the first one <laughs> the good one
0: it's very i i love port of earth it's very good and oh, yeah. this issue was no different although i felt like it gave us a little less than the first two issues did um, First two issues, I thought, like, set up very well, and this one was, uh, it gave us some stuff, but it was a little, yeah. I felt th- like it, it, the whole comic could have been wrapped up in like three pages.
1: Right. Uh, I think that one definitely needed to end earlier than it did, mm-hmm. uh, at least by a couple of pages, honestly.
0: Yeah. And Port of Earth, written by Zach Kaplan, illustrated by Andrea Muti. So, shout out to you guys, we're loving the book, and... uh I hope to see more on the next issue.
1: Yeah, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, anything else? Uh, Red Witchblade, number one.
0: Number two? Uh, oh, that's number two. Yeah. Did you not read the first one? I didn't read the first one. Oh, I'm so sorry. I led you astray. Oh. <laughs> I, I have the first one. You can read the first one. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That, you, that, that that'll little, help. You must have been a little confused. Huh? Uh, a, a little bit. Okay. That,
1: like the In reading issue two first, it definitely felt like we're just jumping straight into it. Uh, CW Arrow <laughs> setup.
0: Yeah, it did. Kind of have that narration at the beginning, didn't it?
1: It did. I I had to become someone else. Yeah, something. Uh,
0: Witchblade. Uh, for those of you who don't know, this is the new reboot that they've done. It. It's a much more <laughs> mature, not like boob exploitative comic like the old Witchblade. Old Witchblade had good stories, but it was just so like discouraging for readers because it was just blatantly obvious it was a naked w- female body <laughs> comic. It, it, it looked
1: like the one where you had to be an adult to buy but a teenager to appreciate.
0: Yeah, and this this new reboot by Caitlin Kittredge and uh, Roberta Ingranata is just awesome. I, I, I have the first two issues. The first one sold me very quickly. The internal art is just as good as the out, you know external cover art, and the, the writing is legit like yeah. the main character actually does some deduction she's actually working and uh having she's... a professional career and she's not just transforming into <laughs> boob art every 10 <laughs> seconds you know and, and she is a
1: character there's
0: action in these she, books she, and it,
1: she's actually a character there's okay.
0: a there's a plot thread that i really love and i am just digging this witchblade reboot a lot a lot i am loving it so <laughs> Sleepless. Sleepless, issue two, uh, also from Image Comics.
1: Yeah, definitely a, just a straightforward high fantasy vibe. Yeah, from Sarah Vaughn and Leila Deluca. Yeah, that one, there's something about the art that just, it seems boring to me. I, I'm yeah. not sure if it's like the color palette where everything seems muted.
0: Yeah, it has this weird aesthetic where it... it, it It reminds me of, like, children's books where they have, like, the the drawn art and then they have, like, um, the texture palettes that they just kind of paste in the shape of a shirt, you know? Yeah. Like, instead of drawing the shirt and putting the coloration and stuff, they, like, find some kind of texture palette and put it over, like, a cutout shape. Yeah. (laughs) That's what it feels like. I don't know if that's the case, but... um,
1: Kind of had that feel to it. I
0: I have to agree; it's a little boring. Uh, It doesn't stand out as much as I think it could, especially in this kind of like fantasy, you
1: know. Yeah, like that's the kind of thing where it's either you're going to commit to this bit and hopefully it, you know, it picks up. Yeah. Or you gotta you gotta bring something else to this that just makes it pop. Yeah, for sure. Um, How about the writing? Uh, The writing seemed. it seemed like the parts of Game of Thrones that were, like, the boring parts. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's all this, like, court intrigue that it, it just, there's got to be more action.
0: Yeah. Here's the thing. This is, I picked, I wasn't sure if I was going to pick up the second issue of this, but I saw it, and I was like, I'm going to keep reading it. because mm, Give it a shot. There's aspects about the world they've built that i really like and i'm really interested in there's aspects about what's going on in the two books that really interest me um but you're right it's like you know every kind of classic you know royalty story where just yeah like 30 minutes of the hour episode is them just bowing and saying oh hello your gracious might King of the blah 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 blah. And Welcome just, to the realm. It's just dialogue <laughs> that runs for twenty pages of the comic that doesn't really matter. It's just like courtesy stuff to try to sell the world, but I think it comes off more corny than it, yeah. And it, it, when you have a comic where you only have so many pages to tell a story, right, it really slows things down. And right, this this would be the kind of thing that would be like it would it would have been
1: better if there was a book of this, yeah, where. All of this stuff seems like the stuff that you would condense or cut out and like mm-hmm. get to the good stuff.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot of good nuggets in it. It just it's it runs it, a bit slow. The yeah. lo- dialogue is really kind of
1: unrefined. All, it it and seems the art like there's a, a little boring. Yeah, there's a bit bogging that issue down. It's like yeah. there's something in there that's worth reading, but there's a lot holding it back. Yeah, I'm not saying the
0: art is bad; it's just uninspired. It's just right. it's Just whatever. Yeah, um,
1: I, I I need more.
0: Anything else from me?
1: Um, uh, a number one that I <laughs> uh, was weirdly intrigued by Old Man Hawkeye. I think this
0: is the first like big Marvel title we've both read in a while. Yeah, so I picked it up specifically because I like the the uh, the cover art. And I did enjoy the original Old Man Logan story, yeah. so I was curious how they were going to handle Old Man Hawkeye. Um, what did you think? Ah, uh, the, the story. Oh yeah.
1: Um, the story, particularly, is I think what hooked me in this. Uh, the art style definitely seems like th- this is th- this is Marvel's art style. Currently, yeah, like everything's sharp, everything's like cut clean, and mm-hmm. fresh. We have uh, old man Hawkeye who kind of looks like he's Thor's dad, <laughs> at least in the face. Yeah, uh, but I, th-
0: I feel like he just looks like um, almost exactly like the old Green Arrow from Frank oh. Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. that that's uh, quite the. Parallel to draw, very similar. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, um, the the thing, the thing that draws me in is the story. Yeah, and it's like there's a, a hero, an ex-hero at this point, mm-hmm. uh, living in a land r- run by supervillains, yeah. and it, it's this is his story.
0: Yeah, I I really liked it. Um, I really liked the art in particular i was really digging it because even though yes it is the modern kind of marvel clean look it was very refined i think it was very i think they're doing a very good job of trying to make a good first impression artistically yeah um the story there's a lot i liked about the story and i I, the dialogue is second to none they really nailed the dialogue in a lot of places Um, my problem arises where it's like a few things that were kind of inconsistent with my memory of what the old man Logan world was like specifically when a certain character starts talking about school. Yeah. And like normal everyday things that you would not expect in a kind of wasteland environment run by supervillains. Yeah. That definitely
1: brings into question like, where is the world at this point? Like at what point, before old man logan happens it it takes place
0: before old man logan but it couldn't be that much before based on the things that are happening right and the people that show up um so yeah
1: there's a lot of questions left to be answered in this one which yeah I, i mean it it seems like they're they were doing quite a bit to just like serve the this is what hawkeye has had to deal with
0: yeah um but overall I really liked it. Um I just think there's some inconsistencies with like the prior material, although I might be just not remembering it cuz I haven't read it since it came out, so.
1: Oh yeah. It's it, been
0: it's been a while. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that deserves a reread, definitely.
0: Uh and then the the last book I got, uh I don't did you read this one? I did. All right, Paradiso from Image issue 2. Um the first issue you weren't too wild about. Uh, uh, How would you feel about the second issue?
1: This one has me a little more intrigued than the first one. Mm-hmm.
0: This uh, one, uh, written by Ram the Fifth and uh, illustrated by Dev Malia Pramenik.
1: Yeah, I, I think the thing that pulls me in a little more than last time, but not much, is the in in the first couple of pages. It further establishes the world.
0: Yeah, it gives a little bit of context, which right. is something that was lacking severely in the first issue.
1: Oh, severely lacking. And uh, it's almost like they they knew that that was going to be an issue and they further much much better established what the world was, what the world currently is. Yeah. And the way that this world works it is like it definitely has like kind of similar to the old man uh I'm going to call it the Old Man franchise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's uh, it, further in the future. we will start an Old Man universe. Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Although, don't do Old Man Hulk. No one needs that. <laughs> what they did to the Hulk in that universe, uh, no. Um, but it has the same kind of vibe where it's in the future. It is like a darker, more... Jacked up time and like th- it's survival at the core of it. This is a story about survival,
0: yeah. Um, I kind of feel the opposite uh, about the second issue compared to the first issue. The first issue I really liked because like they introduced some characters that I thought were really interesting, they introduced this kind of mystery that was interesting. Um, and I liked where it was going. This issue I felt like there was more characters that were just not explained just showing up in a place where they previously established that there weren't really people there. Right. Uh, which kind of was inconsistent with the first issue um, in the city called Paradiso. Um, the main character lost the thing that made the comic interesting in the first issue. At the very end, he gets kind of ambushed and things happen based on, around this by very specific, very cool, in my opinion, characters. Yeah. And then... Um, quest for the future MacGuffin. there's things that's weird about the city like um almost supernatural although they kind of explain it like metal gear solid explains (laughs) things with like (laughs) nanobots and technology (laughs) science that's why this weird supernatural thing (laughs) happened science nanomachines yeah so it's kind of that explanation i i was kind of like oh it's gonna be the most convenient plot <laughs> point ever. It's uh, all tiny robots. So I wasn't wild about the second issue, unfortunately. Even though I really did dig the first issue. So,
1: well, I am a fan of Metal Gear. So, like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot when it comes to nano machines that I will let slide. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Uh,
0: any other comics? Did we touch on everything? Uh, I think we did. All right, uh, this week, unfortunately, we will not be featuring our Did the Content Match the Drape segment. Um, Last week, uh, we we had Batman White Knight and uh, Phoenix, right? Yes. Am I wrong on there?
1: Yeah, it was uh, Batman White Knight and uh, Phoenix Resurrection.
0: I don't know why I'm asking, because I can look this up very easily, but... it's on our website. <laughs> if if you don't know, uh, we just updated the website. Uh, to, I took an entire day to change some stuff. Um, basically, if you go to our website, htbvids.com, you can actually click on the little listing on the top left corner, and you can go to Covers of the Week, and you can see every cover of the week we've done since the beginning of the show, and it's broken down by year. So 2017 is all listed, and then 2018 for the current year that's going on. And last week was the... Uh yes, Stephanie Hahn's variant of Phoenix Resurrection number 3, and then uh, Bad Girl and the Birds of Prey number 18 by Yannick Paquette. Those were our covers. Um, Bad Girl we're probably not going to review because it's in the middle of a series we haven't been actively reading, and right. we're going to have that, to read 18 issues to catch up with it, so if yeah. we ever get to it, it'll be a long time from now. Um, Maybe co- in a volume review. Yeah, but the cover's great, so if you like the art, go for it. And then uh, Stephanie Hahn's um, who sent out the uh Phoenix Resurrection number three? And uh, shout out to Stephanie Hans who uh replied to us on Twitter when we t- uh sh- gave her a shout out on Twitter for being the cover of the week. And uh, she actually gave us a spawn a response um uh, uh clearing up like how it was done and everything because I, I think I speculated a little bit on like how she might have done it or whatever. Um, Oh, we were thinking about whether it was a 3 d base cover or not, because we right. weren't sure. You can never tell based on the listing. You actually have to go to the comic shop and see it, as we right. unfortunately experienced in the past, um, which is not always a bad thing, but in, in the, this case, we, yeah. we got burned a few times. Yeah. It, it, um, it takes
1: a special talent to do those right.
0: Yeah. Stephanie Hans says, uh, thanks a lot, and to answer your question, this is not a 3 d base cover. Only good old traditional painting and a bit of Photoshop post-production, so... Thanks to Stephanie Hans for clearing that up. We really appreciate you. And uh, we love the cover. I promised her uh, on her Twitter that I was going to purchase it because I wanted to review it because we already been reading it a little bit. Yeah. And I really love the cover. Um, but unfortunately, I couldn't find the damn thing because everybody's <laughs> oh no. buying it. So I, I'm going to check a few more places. I'm going to check uh, Pat Rat Comics here in uh, Columbus, Ohio, um, Laughing Ogre, Great shop, but they were just sold out of it, which is my usual go-to for new comics. And then uh, I might check World's Greatest Comics if I don't find it there because they're also a really good shop here in Columbus. Um, So uh, thanks to Stephanie Hans for uh, checking those out. I apologize we don't have a Did the Content Match the Drapes, but hopefully we'll get a few more. And and remember, on our website, we actually tell you if we did review it, did the content match drapes, we give you a yes or no, and whether we recommend it or not. So, oh yeah, uh, be sure to check out the website, http://vids, and then you you can get to everything, our Stitcher, our iTunes, our YouTube, our Covers of the Week, any written reviews, any written content, all that stuff you can find right on our website, and it's very easy since we don't have a, <laughs> a <laughs> vanity URL for our YouTube yet. So for now, uh. Let that rest. Now, today we have a lot of news items. Uh, Yes, we do. So I'm going to do my best to get through these really quickly. Uh, We'll try not to talk too much about them, but I have a (laughs) feeling there's going to be some uh, feelings about these things. Oh, please. Let's get into it. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, let's get into the news. So first up. Fox's (laughs) Fox's x <laughs> Fox's New Mutants has been delayed by ten months from to uh, February twenty second, twenty nineteen from April thirteenth, twenty eighteen. Whoa! Yeah, that's a <laughs> big delay, right? Deadpool two has been moved closer and will premiere May eighteenth, twenty eighteen, from its original release of June first, twenty eighteen, which is about two weeks. Um, so that one's moved up. Yeah. And Gambit has been delayed from February 14th, 2019 to June 7th, 2019, which is several months. Uh, New Mutants uh, will have reshoots to capitalize on the perceived horror style of the trailers. So apparently there's (laughs) such a positive response about the horror aspect of the trailers that they decided to go full in on the horror aspect and reshoot some things and reframe some things. I'm so glad they listened. <laughs> it so. was like, th- this
1: is what I like to call committing to the bit.
0: I w- that doesn't necessarily mean like the original shot was bad or anything. But no. But that clearly they liked what they saw when, yeah, th- with the production and right. decided to change a few things.
1: Right. Uh, committing to the bit in this case would mean taking something that seemed like it was already like mostly done. Okay. And then going back and saying, Let's lean a little more into this.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm surprised that you took that so well. I Uh, I thought you were going to be like, oh no,
1: is it bad? (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Uh, You can release something bad and go back and try to make it good, but it's always going to have that bad first impression. If you wait longer and take your time Mm. and make it the absolute best you possibly can, it, it it just, everything tends to benefit as far as like that first impression, uh-huh. how people are going to receive it and most likely tell everyone they know yeah. about this movie.
0: Yeah. So, uh, and for context, we have already talked about it in previous uh, episodes. Yes, uh, Fox did announced its plans to buy marvel but again they have to get approval from shareholders on the deal and they still have to get approval from congress that it's not a monopoly that they're not pulling money that they're not doing illegal activities and uh, they...
1: minor correction this is a uh, disney buying fox
0: oh what did i say
1: yeah uh, fox buying marvel oh i'm an idiot <laughs> <laughs> uh minor correction thanks Emery. Emery has saved me um comment below <laughs> comment below on that but um
0: the the purchase isn't going through for a while. You, you still probably right. got another year and a half to two years before everything's finalized, if it even gets finalized. Right. To there's begin with. there's a so. lot
1: of legal ramifications that need to be sorted out with this. So Fox, is, this is huge.
0: Fox is still competing with Disney proper at the moment. Right. So and be, a, be aware. Again, of
1: that. Uh, this is. Not like buying them outright, but basically
0: giving these giving Fox a ton of shares, yeah, yeah, so that they have ownership. Um, Deadpool two is being moved up to avoid clashing with Solo, a Star Wars story for you fucking nerds. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Which was due to release the same week, Um, so it's being moved uh, two weeks ahead to give it a little breathing room, so they're not. Wait, trying to compete uh, with Star Wars. Uh, hold on,
1: you mean to tell me we're getting a Star Wars movie in the
0: summertime? Apparently, <laughs> according to this report from cbr.com. So,
1: uh, could we maybe uh, wait? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, it's like I I know you might be rushing to we're not
0: even sure if the ryan johnson star wars movie is going to remain canon (laughs) right uh (laughs) i wonder what that petition's at right now yeah about that it's not good
1: good. also i just i want them to go back and take more time with this one yeah and keep it so that we consistently maybe write
0: all these stories if you're going to do a trilogy ahead of time yeah not, not just Pass the baton and hope the next guy doesn't screw it up.
1: Yeah, like maybe read these out <laughs> loud <laughs> and
0: like get like a number of
1: people to see like just the response.
0: And finally, uh, Gambit, the reason for the delay, most likely, is because Gambit has lost another director oh. with the departure of Gore Verbinski. He is the third following Doug Lehman and Rupert Wyatt. To leave the project. Oh my god. So. (laughs) It keeps happening. You shouldn't hedge your bets, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think Gambit is happening. Oh. They're just going to keep delaying (laughs) it and putting it in production hell. And eventually they're just going to have to write it off the books.
1: This is going to be like the Final Fantasy of the movie industry. (laughs) We're going to work on this for like 10 fucking years even though it's only going to look like we worked on it for 2. Yeah. And we we're, we're going to say like this is this is what we could do and you know maybe we'll add more to it later. Yeah.
0: <laughs> this so is... sorry Gambit oh, fans. god. Yeah yeah. Um, yeah it um, doesn't look like you're getting your uh your Tatum movie. <laughs> At least not in any near perceivable future Oh uh, yeah uh, something I, very drastic happens because three directors dropping out and several three. different you know executives and people on the project dropping out that's it's not a good sign for any project no no god what the hell is happening so uh, those ones I, w- I wanted to see your yeah first y- reaction uh, so. y- you know what <laughs> y-
1: you know what should happen let Channing Tatum fucking direct this bullshit. <laughs> he wants it so goddamn bad. Why don't you just hire someone who's committed?
0: Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. I oh I don't God. think it's a great idea in the first place. But you know, that's just me hating on the stereotype of what Tatum plays. You know. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, it's going to be difficult for people to not think of. Uh, Although he
0: is a Bayou guy, yet
1: yeah, it. I mean. Bayou, sure, but he's also been kind of a sometimes funny, but mostly a Chachi Magic Mike type. Yeah, where he's been like,
0: playing the big, beautiful, like, Dominic. Uh, <laughs> uh, like, how,
1: how many times can we get him to take off his shirt and occasionally, in the case of
0: Kingsman, Gold Circle, get him to sound Southern? <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, Brian Bendis, as we discussed, uh... Left Marvel and went to DC last week. We talked about what his last issues with Marvel will be. Right. This week, we're talking about his first issue with DC, which will be Action Comics number 1000, the supersized issue that will be released to commemorate a thousand issues of Action Comics. Probably more, but I don't think they counted the new 52 numbering or the renumberings they've done several times, which is i think dumb to begin with because it confuses new potential fans it
1: confuses
0: everyone nobody knows where the hell to start <laughs> because the numbers are in the 900s and stuff yeah i think redoing it every time you have a new writing group or whatever or, or new universe is perfectly fine but <laughs> that's just that's just my yeah yeah personal it's... preference <sighs> um Uh, It will be a large issue commemorating the Thousand Issues, as I said, of Action Comics and celebrating with various writers and characters. The story will be isolated for the issue, and Brian Bendis will be one of the writers on it. Uh, Expect it in April. Bendis'
1: Superman. That's what everyone's going to think of this.
0: Yeah, although I suspect Superman won't be his first major project based on what uh, Scott Snyder has been saying for the past few years. Oh, let me guess. They're going to have him right for Batman. I would not be surprised. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, next up, DC and WB have announced it is restructuring in an effort to streamline production for the EU movies. Ha ha. <laughs> ha ha.
1: Because that's
0: what we need. We need to churn these out faster. <laughs> oh, no. I'll go on. They have decided to point the finger at the advertising uh, group for the failure of Justice League, with an insider blaming the, quote, lack of Superman in promotional material. What? Are you fucking high? (laughs) They did bad because the movies preceding it were bad.
1: If there wasn't so much expensive equipment on this table I'd flip it <laughs> What the
0: actual How much fuck Coke are these fucking executives doing at WB What what the actual fuck I feel like every time they go to a press conference it's just taking a bump off their pinky nail and going oh well you know what it's not our fault, really. You know, people want to blame the bad CG and the really bad writing and the drastic change in direction. Um, but, uh, uh, sorry. Uh, but, you know what? I, th- I think they just, I, I think it was really the promotional staff. They just didn't put enough extra shit in the promotions. They didn't show the, you know, Superman, you know, minus the mustache. All right. Yeah, we get the joke, Okay. But we're professionals at WB. (laughs) And you know what? I'm sick of being criticized. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I picture every interview. It's
1: more like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you want us to
0: take our time with these fuck you oh, God. <laughs> we need to make money That's so stupid <laughs> please stop <laughs> but just stop where you're at the, oh. the actors are trying to jump off the ship the production staff are jumping off the ship the directors are leaving <laughs> just stop just restart it's it, not that hard <laughs> this is how
1: you know everyone is trying to jump ship henry cavill Prioritized his contract to a Mission Impossible movie to keep his goddamn mustache. (laughs) (laughs) He told them, Here's what we're gonna do we're going to pull up my mustache and we're gonna CGI over this. What the fuck, guys?
0: that was my most cringeworthy news oh. item. I couldn't believe when I read that. I, you know, again, oh. it's a reporter quoting an anon- anonymous insider that works on the staff as an executive. But I personally was like, "Wow, you're gonna throw your promotional staff under the bus." Your promotional staff convinced me that Suicide Squad was a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's how good they've done. And then you had the balls to blame them for your bad movies, getting a poor reception after several bad movies. (laughs) It's just, oh, it's so so cringeworthy. They're so incompetent. I can't believe it, man. Uh, At least their
1: comics are good.
0: (laughs) Next up, Sony has just released an extremely cringeworthy promotional video of their own for Venom. In the video, if you haven't seen it, oh. the, the director and the current star, Tom Hardy, are shown on set teasing big things and and uh, <laughs> to a... What seems to be a painfully fake audience <laughs> that I'm not even sure were watching this video when it was filmed. I think they were just cheering for something else <laughs> at a convention, and they just decided to film them. I'm pretty sure they got paid. There was a lot of fucking people in that <laughs> fucking stupid audience, and you know to what watch they show a video us?
1: about how they couldn't make it, y- uh, which y- I I understand. I do. I really do. Uh, like when it comes to like setting up visits, and conventions, sometimes these famous actors who have to fly get logged or held back because of, you know, weather. And, you know, weather's been kind of a thing this year. Um, With that being said... The, I don't know why they didn't, you know, I they wait were, a little bit. I thought
0: they were going to show a trailer or something significant. You know what they showed us? They showed us still shots, a handful of still shots, one with Tom Hardy in a Venom shirt and like um, the fucking list of his reporting notes. And I was like, <laughs> that's it? That's the big reveal? that's what this giant crowd is cheering for and why we're cheering I'm like what it just seems so artificial and so cringeworthy if I was
1: paid to be in that crowd I still would have been the one guy who said what the fuck?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I expected something. <laughs> but apparently, we could have waited. We got a till little. you had we, something. We got a little bit of a synopsis of what they're going for. Apparently, uh, Eddie Brock is going to be like a disgraced journalist or something that's been investigating some specific thing, and which is somehow gets infected with the symbiote. Promising, yeah. So
1: it, it's promising that they're at least keeping him a journalist, and that they are committed to. Doing Venom right, I guess not. Topher Grace, Ugh. fresh out of his dad's basement. I think I threw <laughs> up in my mouth a little bit. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry that we can never go back.
0: So uh, take that for what it is. If you're excited about it, I'm not really excited about it. But as long as the property is in Sony's hands, I'm just like okay, whatever. You know.
1: Um, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, the,
0: the one day,
1: maybe one day soon. I think there, it would there's re- going to be more than just crossing over. I think for it would Spider-Man be really cool Benham.
0: if they brought in like Todd McFarlane as like a guest to just, you know, discuss it. You know. Oh yeah, they they can't afford him. <laughs> <And> <laughs> of course, add. Todd McFarlane's busy with his Spawn movie that he's directing himself. So, uh, yeah, one day. Um, next up, Constantine is back. Oh shit, boy! Sort of. What the oh come on. Constantine is returning to television via an animated CW seed show featuring a dark and quote adult oriented uh Constantine. Matt Ryan will be reprising his role as the voice actor and will it will be a continuation of the NBC show. He's also making a cameo appearance on an upcoming episode of DC's Legend of Tomorrow. So Yeah. I'm happy that like, Constantine's getting something. And they did keep Matt Ryan. They're not shitting on him because he did such a great job with the NBC show. They know that his Constantine is perfection. But I think (laughs) it's such bullshit. That it's animated? Such bullshit that they're making an animated show for CW that is a direct (laughs) sequel to the NBC show. If you're going to make an animated feature, you might as well make it unique to itself. Right. If anything. Not (laughs) be like, well, we didn't want to justify a budget big enough for a live action show, so we're just going to do this animated show. That should satisfy you, right? Happy? No, come on. It, Matt it, Ryan deserves screen time. Right? <laughs> He's a good voice actor, but his screen performance was what sold it so well. Right. This so, is like Hashtag Save Constantine is still a go. Still a go. It's like it's if if we
1: keep saying it enough times, that they're, they're gonna finally justify.
0: Hopefully. I appreciate the gesture. <laughs> <laughs> but it's <laughs> I appreciate the it's, gesture it's, is... Exact, it's, not, it's not appropriate. It's
1: exact. That is exactly what you say when you are receiving something that you are just unsatisfied with the prospect of having. <laughs> it's like, oh, we're, we're getting it back. Animated? Oh, why? Yeah. Well, it's like, why, why not live action? That's what we
0: want. So we'll see. I know I'm going to watch it, but I'm it, a little disappointed that we're not getting a live action sequel. They took Supergirl... <laughs> which is <laughs> okay, I guess, but they won't remake Constantine or continue Constantine. That seems a little silly to me. Right. Uh, it's like uh, maybe they already cast guys. somebody. Maybe some people just didn't want to work with CW or something. I don't know, but I think it's really silly. So. <sighs> it um, hurts. Next up, AMC has renewed The Walking Dead for a season nine. So see Walking Dead, even though it's still getting very good ratings, it's been dropping a, a bit and bit. And I, I think it's because they stayed on Negan too much, because if you've read the comics, at least up through the Negan saga, the Negan period, Negan, his, his part really doesn't last that long. Right in the comics, and the same for the governor. You know, they, oh, s- they stretch yeah, yeah, yeah. out the governor as long as they could, and right. that for everything it was worth, to the point where everybody was like, "Okay, get on with it." it like, and then everybody was fucking creaming their pants when they went on to Negan because they're like something different.
1: Yeah, and but I, now it, we're dealing with the same issue. Yeah. It's like you have kept Negan for way too long. So
0: I, I let him go. There are other more deserving characters at this point in the story. I haven't watched this latest season. Um, They've had, what, three or four seasons now featuring Negan, or at least having him in the season. And not that I dislike. Uh, the actor that plays Negan, he's a great actor. Not that I dislike the concept of Negan and the, like the whole war and the situation and the stress resulting from it and all. You know, now they're finally killing some major characters to try to bring people back. In my opinion, not because <laughs> it's appropriate to the story, right? Um, but if you're familiar with the comic, I think they were just trying to buy themselves time. Because they had caught up to where Robert Kirkman was approximately, yeah. And Now Robert Kirkman's about twenty-five issues ahead of him, so now maybe they'll finally <laughs> get, <laughs> move on, move on a little bit. Um, granted, if you're familiar with the comic, uh, there's a large span of time after the Negan uh, sequence and the following, you know, yeah, s- story arc. arc. Yeah. Um. So maybe they're just worried about having to age characters or whatever, or right. you know, explain certain things. So. I, it's a tough job i don't envy him but the show the actors are still great in quality i think the writing is it's good but it's just stretched you know right so they're just trying to buy time and it's, it's a little obvious so uh the show is still great uh i just need to catch up that's all oh, yeah. Um, so look forward to that um a lot of people were worried it was going to be canceled just because the ratings were starting to drop and people were complaining about the quality and focusing on Negan for too long. Um, oh, yeah, AMC is all in on The Walking Dead. I mean, it's, they're, they're cash cows, so I don't see them dropping it. Yeah. This season especially, if not the next season. Um, next up, Conan the Barbarian.
1: Uh, uh, come on.
0: We'll be returning to Marvel Comics for the first time in 18 years. Uh, Dark Horse previously owned it up until about 2003, Uh, the printing rights, and has been used recently by DC Comics for a crossover with Wonder Woman, which we talk about every once in a while. Um, But it goes back to Marvel. But it is going back to Marvel, and the first comic is expected to go to print in early 2019. So if you're a Conan the Barbarian fan, look forward to that. I I don't know anybody who gives a shit, (laughs) personally. (laughs) I have never met a single Conan the Barbarian fan. I've met plenty of Arnold fans that like Arnold <laughs> as the Barbarian, but I don't know any Barbarian fans themselves. I feel like what a- is best in life?
1: <laughs> to crush your enemies, season driven before you, <laughs> and to hear the lamentations of the women.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's just a little outdated. That's all. I think it was a very oh. 80s thing.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, it, it's hard not to see that as outdated because, again, it's high fantasy. Yeah. It's like classic high fantasy. But
0: it, it's not just like high fantasy. It's like rape and pillage women high fantasy that's not really appropriate for uh, the modern era and is just kind of like some little boy's power fantasy or something, you know? Uh, his little I, wet dream fantasy. I, I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah, I just think it's a little <laughs> outdated for the present day, and that's why I think the Wonder Woman Conan the Barbarian crossover is a little silly. But I, yeah, like, I haven't read it. Totally judging a book by its cover.
1: Yeah, so. it, like anyone who it heavy metal. That that one's actually French. Not technically, it started out as Metal Herlon. <laughs> <laughs> but heavy metal. Uh, specifically the animation uh definitely the the way like that type of setting and making it kind of egalitarian in their barbaricness is probably the way that that
0: comic should go <laughs> in the in the modern age yeah um next up Wonder Woman has won the critics Choice Award for best action film of 2017. It was the only award they won the night. However, uh, uh, Gal Gadot also received a hashtag see her award for her role in challenging stereotypes in the world. And I'm pretty sure they just made that up. So congratulations to Gal Gadot. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> and to Wonder Woman. I, <laughs> Wonder Woman, <laughs> we, we've talked about it. You can watch our review. We liked Wonder Woman. But it was not like a great movie. It was very good for the first two acts, and then all logic went out the door in the third act. It, it kind of fell apart. That movie <laughs> fell apart. Yeah, there's one critical plot point at the end. If you, all right, spoilers. You should have seen it by now. Wait, yeah. wait, like five seconds, and then the spoiler will be over. Yeah. Um, but at the end, they negate all the cool messages they could have had when they make the magical veil of killing Ares remove the will of the soldiers to fight. Like a haze had been washed from their eyes. Is I the, thought that was goofy. I, I thought it would have been so much more dynamic if they were like. I y- thought humans, that was offensive. Humans are good, they're bad, they're everything in between. And right. it, it's it's not necessarily them that's bad or this magical being that's bad. It's how they're steered. You know, it's how people allow themselves to be controlled and right there there should have been
1: a message of war being more complicated than blaming it on a
0: god and that's exactly what i thought when they killed the guy she killed the guy the original general right uh, or whatever i forget his name uh the fucking (laughs) guy (laughs) um Ludendorff. Yeah, that that whole third act was the one who didn't notice the sword he was holding on the back of her, <laughs> her dress. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but God, um, that was silly. Uh, I thought they they killed him, and she saw that. Oh, they're still fighting. There's still war in the world. There's still strife in the world. What, what's wrong? What did I do wrong? And she like, does, I, she can't understand. And then she remembers like um, uh, Chris Pine's character. I don't know why I can't remember his name. Steve Trevor. Steve Trevor, thank you. I'm the DC guy and I can't remember his goddamn (laughs) name. Um, But Steve Trevor telling her that, you know, the world's more complicated than that and then remembering, like, her conversation with the Native American uh, uh, party member who uh, told her, you know... Oh, Steve Trevor's people did that to my people, you know. Yeah, and she's like, "But Steve Trevor's the good guy. How how could they do such evil? You know, blah blah blah." Right. Because she's learning that the world isn't just black and white, good and evil. Right. There's so many layers of gray that. Right. For the first two acts, yeah. That is the point: and learning that the world is more complicated. Yeah. And I thought the direction they were going is she defeats Ares or whatever, and she she learns that she has to be the one of the figures trying to direct things in the right direction, being a role model, as Galgado is. You right. Know, trying to be a role model for the world of man, to help them guide them in a peaceful direction and to not fight over things and to, you know, fight the evils that try to steer them in a in a direction that would lead to war and lead to pettiness and greed and you yeah. know, all those sorts of things. They could have sent a really cool message about warfare and, you know, the state of humanity, but they threw it All in the trash when the the soldiers, the Germans, get up and they're just like, oh, oh, I don't want to fight anymore. And I'm like, really? (laughs) Steve Trevor just blew himself up. What the fuck? (laughs) All right. Yeah, I'd, but it again, hurts every time I think about it. It, it sucks because the first two acts were so damn good, and there were really great action sequences in it, except for the kind of no scope by Steve Trevor on the island. That was a little silly <laughs> but, during a death scene that uh, made me laugh out loud in the theater. <laughs> yeah,
1: that was that was comical.
0: So. um uh congrats to wonder woman um i mean th- there was other movies like baby driver and like logan that were nominated but didn't get it but i felt like those were better action movies than wonder woman personally but
1: i i personally i don't that i don't begrudge of, them for winning it one of those two baby driver or logan yeah more
0: likely logan should have gotten it yeah so uh that's just my opinion but happy to see them win something Right. Uh, just like Suicide Squad won an Academy Award. You <laughs> <laughs> still have to watch that. Uh, no, oh man. <laughs> Next up, the upcoming Cyborg DCEU movie will be an origin movie. It has a tentative release date of April 3rd, 2020. So, wait a minute. Yep. Wait a minute. <laughs> yep. Uh, wait just a, a fucking that's minute. what I thought.
1: You mean to tell me yes. that we're going to have an origin movie... Yes. Or Cyborg. Yes. That isn't the Justice League. Yes. Cyborg's fucking origin movie. Yes.
0: What the fuck? So, as we (laughs) talked about in our Justice League review in a previous episode recently, (sighs) Justice League, the entire movie is Cyborg's movie. Like, you don't realize it, but the entire plot revolves around Cyborg. Yeah. He's literally the only one that belongs Everybody else in that movie is
1: basically irrelevant. Right. Like, from him showing up and, like, Talking to his dad about, you know... All the way like, to I'm, his flaccid booyah at the end. his fucking flaccid booyah and Superman helping <laughs> him tear boxes
0: apart. <laughs> 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 the solution is break down boxes. <laughs> Superman and Cyborg are basically fast food workers. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> So yeah, I just thought that was—I ri- thought it was so ridiculous when I read that. I was like, "Why? You've already told the origin. Why are you gonna make an or- make a new movie?" Right. He was one of the few like good characters in the movie, at least characters that made sense in the plot. You know, like, right? And he wasn't phoning it in, unlike a few characters. And he wasn't fucking drunk, playing the wrong Alan. <laughs> um, <laughs> Looking so, at you, Woody. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's it, I was a little surprised. I thought this is silly. So not only are we getting the streamline to get these movies out faster, because that's exactly what we want. Uh, we're doing another origin movie instead. So we're just doing what we probably should have done, you know, last year. <laughs> I'm the Marvel fanboy, and
1: somehow this pisses me off more than what they're doing to Gambit. What?
0: Uh, but the again, actual fuck. I still, I still have faith that WB will at some point go. Okay, we got to restart. People are just hating on this too much. We're not going to be able to sustain this. I, fingers crossed. But there's just so much that they're talking about in production still. Uh, the, I'm so the, worried. While your fingers are
1: crossed, their fingers are in Coke. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> the thing is, it's
0: gonna set. Sa- We're already in a saturated superhero movie market. Right. And if you keep releasing bad superhero movies, you are going to kill your own market. Uh, yeah. And you're not going to be able to recover it for generations, you know?
1: This basically seems like a suicide, not even a suicide, a kamikaze attempt by WB to saturate the market with bad movies so much that people get tired of them
0: altogether. Yeah. So it's it's bad. Uh, you Remember, when you release these bad, rushed movies, even if you do somehow make a profit, um, you're... <laughs> You're just shooting yourself in the foot for any kind of future endeavors and future money-making potential. Right.
1: Um, It's trying to place the the money-making over the much-needed critical acclaim, Yeah. which they're not getting with these. So
0: you're just going to keep going down the hill, (sighs) and your returns are just going to shrink more and more and more until... Like they're not profitable anymore. Yeah. Um, <coughs> next up, especially when you're spending $300 million on production. <sighs> My God. <laughs> $300 million. Oh, God. That's outrageous. Uh, next up, Damon Lindelof's HBO Watchmen television series has been announced. The script is mostly finished and is expected to begin filming in 2018 with a premiere in 2019. So if you like Watchmen, you like HBO... Might look forward to that. I'm guessing it's going to be like a prequel thing, like before the Watchmen proper comic. Um, if I had to guess. Next up, DC has announced a series called The Other History of the DC Universe to be written by John Ridley, who is famous for writing the screenplay adaptation of 12 Years a Slave, which is originally a book, and his Vertigo comic series, The American Way, Those Above and Below. The new series will feature several characters, including Supergirl, Jon Stewart, Vixen, Extraño, uh, Katana, and Renee Montoya. And tell stories focusing on everyday activities and issues of inequality. So, look forward to that. This one's kind of a bummer. Stanley has been accused by two in-home nurses of sexual assault and misconduct in the latest round of hashtag MeToo incidents. Uh, his lawyer has released a statement completely denying the claims and accusations and saying they are attempts at a shakedown for money. So take with that what you will take these things with a grain of salt, but it's out there. It's in the news. We might as well touch on it, especially since he's yeah. one of the comic greats. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> hopefully he's not living long enough to become the villain. Oh, that's what I'm, I'm hoping. So, so we all love stanley and we hope that these allegations are not true um next up a kitty pride movie is currently in production and well pre-production i should say with deadpool director tim miller tied to the project so if you like kitty pride why? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't understand why they're still trying to make, make more Fox productions when they have this impending purchase that you know this isn't going to possibly come out before Gambit. So, yeah, no. No, uh, no fucking way. Uh, I think it also, seems a little weird that they're
1: doing this. One, it's out of left field. Two, it's with... Like, a very, very niche character.
0: Yeah. And trying to give that character their own solo movie. Do you think... I mean, Kitty Pride has had some really good runs in different books in the past. Right. I, I mean, if I you, mean, distant past. Like, what, five, six, seven years ago or whatever. Uh, she it, hasn't been too relevant recently. Not except to my memory.
1: For, except for them making her the leader of the X-Men. <laughs> oh, is she the leader right now? Yeah. Wow. She, I didn't even know. She's currently the leader. Okay. Um which might be what Tim Miller is banking on. Okay. Uh, I wonder uh, do you think they'll use the X3 Kitty Pride? Oh, well here's the thing with that. Uh, the the X3 Kitty Pride was the same Kitty Pride that they used in Days of Future Past.
0: The uh, Oh yeah, I completely <laughs> forgot that was her. <laughs> yeah, for some reason uh, most
1: people was, did. I thought <laughs> it was Rogue doing that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, th- <laughs> well, actually, in the extended cut, she does do it for like at the back half of the movie. Oh, okay. But we cut that <laughs> <laughs> as uh, we probably should have. Right. Uh, th- the biggest issue here is one: there was already an opportunity to make a Kitty Pride focused movie, and that was Days of Future Past. Yeah. That should have been her movie. But since we have Hugh Jackman, we're going to ride that train until the fucking wheels fall off. And I get it. I do. I still like that movie, even though it shouldn't have been his. Mm -hmm. Um, The other issue becomes, could you, because I know I can't, could you name any relatively famous story arcs where Kitty Pride is the focus. Your answer is no. My answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> and don't get me wrong, Kitty Pride is a great character on a team. Mm-hmm. Putting her by herself, there's potential, but... <sighs> Her, her powers are so specific that it it I don't know how they're going to do it or yeah. how they're going to do it in a way that makes sense. Yeah, I and think it'll marketable. be
0: marketable. It'll be a little d- difficult to translate that to the big screen, like, like you said, every, in a marketable way. Yeah, especially with this impending purchase, it just seems a little yeah out of left field.
1: Yeah, and like her power is to phase through walls. The only way to make her any kind of like exciting or any kind of combat viable Mm -hmm. is if they make a deep cut and access the other side of her power, which apparently we've turned the whole uh, phasing through walls into... She's like the Vision now, where she can go either super dense or super... What's the opposite of dense? Not dense? Not dense. (laughs) Yeah, that. (laughs) Airy? Well,
0: no, not light, because it's not weight. Yeah,
1: no, it is like... Yeah, she she turns... Basically... (laughs) Whatever the fuck that word is. (laughs) I know I'm going to look it up later, but whatever the fuck that word is, she can go from that to super dense, which... Could put her up there with like some of the like stronger or more like indestructible people, but you don't do that with Kitty Pride. (laughs) Kitty Pride, she faces through walls. That is the power that you lean into because that is what she's been. Mm -hmm. I, it it doesn't make sense to me. We'll
0: see, we'll see,
1: but then again. They've also been talking about James Franco doing a solo multiple man. So we'll see what happens. That's another one
0: I wouldn't expect, but (laughs) who knows? Could work out.
1: Uh, Yeah, out of nowhere, we we, we have the movie idea where we just have an excuse for James Franco to act with James Franco. (laughs) James Franco... James Franco (laughs) and, oh, yeah, I forgot, James fucking Franco. Uh,
0: What I want is, like, the Fox universe Quicksilver. I want him to have some kind of movie where he's, like, trying to find Magneto or or something, like, learn about his dad or something, and he's trying to track him down, and he goes on this big adventure with, like, you know, various X-Men and mutants and stuff along the way. Yeah. I think you can make, like, a really, like, fun, humorous movie with cool effects, you know? Based on what they did with him in Days of Future Past.
1: That brings up another issue. You know we have two Quicksilvers, right?
0: In the Fox universe? Just in no. Marvel.
1: We, we have one in Marvel, yeah. one in Fox. Well, one's dead, so.
0: <laughs> Spoilers for a five-year-old movie. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. Not a good one, either. <sighs> this is so boring. Who thought (laughs) Ultron would be so boring? (laughs) Uh, He had potential, but uh, they did it wrong. Yeah, so uh, that's what I would want, but that's just me. Yeah. Uh, Next up, our final news item is sales numbers for December. Um, DC led sales for the month by a narrow margin. However, all comic sales saw a 10% drop year over year for the first time since 2011. And I suspect a lot of that comes with Marvel narratively being kind of weak and yeah oversaturation of variants across the board yeah the variant covers are just i don't know how they're selling them because a lot of them are just so boring or awful and just (laughs) exploitative um i love variants when they're done for a reason when they're done well when they're bringing in a guest artist to do something you know special with like the character or the story or whatever else but that's doesn't we, seem to be usually the case anymore. Yeah, especially for the big companies, which is kind of a bummer.
1: It's like I can understand giving number ones variants, mm-hmm. but when you give like up to like five variants for each
0: fucking issue, yeah, it's just it's especially, too much. Especially when one is a blank cover, <laughs> one is a literally a blank cover, and then one is like a s- silly like headshot profile. <sighs> it's just, and then you got like. Maybe one good one and then maybe, like, two or three, like, 3D gimmicky ones or something. It's just it's like, okay, nobody's buying all these. And you're probably overburdening your comic shops, you know, because they're like, how do you expect us to sell these things? Right. We're paying for these to put at our shop and, like... It's like the only way- Not that everybody you, wants these. The
1: only way you bank on a variant is if you think that this comic's gonna be the hottest thing ever and, yeah, you, want and you think people... it's gonna add value. Yeah, yeah, it's like other people, like, oh my God, we ran out of all yeah. of the original ones, so let's do and variants. And it's not even like
0: rare ones. It's not like one in 25s or one in 50s, one in 200s. It's like one in five <laughs> variants <laughs> that are just all over the place, you know? Yeah. So it's yeah, it's pretty disappointing. Uh, here's the list of the top 10 for the month of December, number one, Doomsday Clock. Number two, from DC. Number two, Dark Knights Metal. Number four, from DC. Phoenix Resurrection: The Return of Jean Grey. Number one, from Marvel. Number four was Batman. Number thirty-six. Number five was Batman. Number thirty-seven. Wonder what sells. Hey, I wonder. <laughs> number six was Batman. White Knight, number three. (laughs) Number seven was Amazing amazing Spider-Man Cross Venom, Venom Inc. Alpha, number one. God damn, that's a long title (laughs) from Marvel. We have number eight was Marvel 2-in-1, number one. Uh, Number nine was from DC, Hawkman Found, number one, which is kind of surprising. Was Um, there a Hawkman Lost? (laughs) Apparently. I haven't been reading the metal stuff, so I don't know. (laughs) Uh, I need to catch up on all that nonsense after rebirth rebirth just left such a sour taste in my mouth i just couldn't i, don't know. Also, I, had, to, I had to take a break from dc proper <laughs> so i've just been reading the side stuff for
1: yeah also uh dc if you're listening or watching uh if you don't have hawkman lost i could totally come up with a brilliant idea for that <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ah! like where'd the Birdman go (laughs) (laughs) michael keaton uh and number 10 rounding out the list is amazing spider-man number 792 from marvel so those are your top 10 seems pretty i think five and five for dc marvel right one two three four five okay six dc and four marvel with batman being the lead party for a lot of it (laughs) um Surprise, surprise! It, it, it was it's, the same as last month. That's less Marvel, DC, and
1: more like Batman, last DC. Last month we had <laughs> we had
0: six Bat-related characters, if not Batman himself, oh. on the top ten list. So God, yeah, <laughs> every time, surprise, surprise! And we wonder why they shove Bat characters and create, <laughs> and keep creating more Bat characters as if we didn't have enough. Right, it's like a fucking zoo. Oh. Ugh. That's but. not a zoo. It's a. It's an actual fucking Batcave. <laughs> that's where. That's where DC wants to put us. They want to put us in the fucking Batcave. Yeah. So oh. that that rounds out your top ten for the month. If you're into sales statistics, pretty cool. Kind of sad that the sales have dropped a little bit. But remember last year at this time, they were having the big rebirth event, and Marvel was getting over the Secret Wars, and they had the fucking hail hydra captain america thing going on and so it's understandable there was a lot of shit going on there's a lot of big events they they tried to make events at the end of this year but i don't think the events had as much weight to them yeah they didn't really sell too much although i expect next year we'll probably see an increase because of doomsday clock and stuff like that so yeah uh if i had to guess and that my friends is the news oh my god Yup.
1: Well, we finally come to that magic moment. What do you think, Bob? Uh, well, since Bob's not going to say it, I will. <gasps> what comics are we hitting up this week?
0: Well, Emory, I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> First up, for the new releases coming to your local comic book shops on Wednesday, January 17th, 2018. And remember, we get these all from freshcomics.us, which is an awesome resource. If you want to know what the new comics are going to be or what was previously in shops and what is going to be in shops, freshcomics.us. If you don't remember the link, remember, just go to our website, hdbvids.com, and you can click on the big button that says, see the new comics for this week, and it takes you directly to freshcomics.us. So it's right on the homepage. Uh, First up, from DC Comics, we have Aquaman. Aquaman. Number 32. We have Aquaman. Batman. Number 39. We have Batman cross Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Number 3. Cowabunga. It's the second one. (laughs) Double, triple, cowabunga. Uh, We have Batwoman. Number 11. Shot... Shout out to DC this week, because there's a lot of really good covers and variant covers. Unfortunately, I can't show all the variant covers that don't win the award this week, but there is some really good covers. And Batman number 39 has a really good cover, and uh, Batwoman number 11 has a really good cover, and there's really good variants for Batman number 39. like Just really high-quality covers this week. It was a really strong week for DC's covers. Um, So, Batwoman number 11. Next up, we have Bombshells United number 10. We have... The uh the new uh, new age of DC heroes where they're adding more new diverse characters. Yes. So I'll be picking this up because I applaud when they, instead of ripping off old characters or changing the color slash sex slash orientation of currently existing characters and just putting the costume on them or something, they're making new new quality characters with, with their own world, their own powers. Etc. Please. So, because of this, I am buying all of these comics, at least the first and second issues, at least. Marvel, take notes. So, uh, damage number one is the new one. Um, next up, and if you want to see what these are, just check out the previous episode. We went through all the new ones that are coming. Um, next up, Future Quest presents number six Space Ghost, Coast to Coast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we need a Brac comic. <laughs> uh next up, Green Lanterns number 39, yes, plural. We have Harley Quinn number 35. We have Injustice 2 number 18. We have Justice League number 37. We have Nightwing number 37, not getting fucked up on the cover this week. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> uh we have Super Sons, Sons of Tomorrow, number 12. We have Superman, number 39. We have Trinity, number 17, which I have, to, it didn't win our variant of the week. It was real close. But I have to give this a shout out. <laughs> the tr- variant for Trinity Number Seventeen, which I'm probably going to buy, is the most ridiculous but awesome cover I have ever seen. <laughs> it features Superman punching a T Rex, Wonder Woman raising her shield, fending off a T Rex, and Batman with what, like swords or something, fighting off some smaller T Rexes. Meanwhile, the long neck dinosaurs that they would happily eat are in the background just watching and spectating I love this cover it's so goofy I love it so much I'm probably gonna put it on our list on the website of variants of the week alongside the regular ones just because I love it so goddamn much
1: yeah that we we should definitely just have a shout out section so
0: shout out to Bill Shinkowitz who has won the award in previous weeks yeah Uh, for this cover it's just so fucking rad I I, love it so much It's so ridiculous. I love
1: it. My only belief as to why this would ever be a thing is that for some reason they're stuck in the past and (laughs) Batman is somehow having flashbacks as to like watching. So when he died (laughs) and became cave bat and Uh, fought through time. uh, Either that or he watched a, a brontosaur. Get brutally murdered in a back alley? (laughs) (laughs) Like, not again. I was a dinosaur. Now Now I'm I'm a bat. bat.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, shout out to the Trinity variant number seventeen. I love it. I'm going to buy it if I can find it. It is so much it's not even cartoony. It's done in a realistic, you know, anatomically correct style. (laughs) It's it's so, so good. It's so earnest. It, it
1: it's almost like it doesn't realize how fucking silly this is.
0: <laughs> I, I love it so much. Oh my so, god. So shout out to DC, yeah. all around great covers. And to wrap up DC, we have Wonder Woman Cross Conan, number five, remember Conan returning to Marvel in 2019. Next up from Marvel, we have All New Wolverine, number twenty-nine. We have America, number eleven. Remember that's ending in March. Thank uh, God. We have Avengers number six seventy-six. We have Champions number sixteen. We have Deadpool versus Old Man Logan, number four. We have Doctor Strange, number 384. We have Generation X, number 86. We have Guardians of the Galaxy, number 151. We have Monsters Unleashed, number 10. I'm surprised it's still going. Yeah. It, there must be a continuous story. I thought it was just an event. Right. That's what they. Sold it as, but it's now it's got it, it.
1: One, it has its own book, and two, it's on issue 10. Yeah, God I'm, I'm damn. surprised
0: someone's buying this. Um, next up, we have Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider Man, number 299. We have Spirits of Vengeance, number four, which is Ghost Rider, I believe. Uh, we have Star Wars, number 42. Um, we have The Amazing Spider Man, Venom Incorporated, Omega, number one. With a pretty solid cover. Uh, we have The Mighty Thor, number 703. We have Weapon X, number 13. We have X-Men Gold, number 20. And that wraps up Marvel. From Dynamite, we have James Bond, the body, number 1. We have Killer Instinct, number 4. We have Red Sonja, number 12. We have... Remember when Gail Simone was doing Red Sonia? I need to read those. I love them. Gail Simone is a great writer. Oh she, yeah! Shout out to Gail Simone. Uh, next up, we have Sheena, number five. If you want some boobs in your life, <laughs> we have the uh, the Librarians, number three. We have the Spirit, the Corpse Makers, number five. From Boom Studios, we have Adventure Time comics, number nineteen. We have Fence, number three which is, has been consistently making Crossing Swords <laughs> references. Uh, I haven't read it, but I have some assumptions. Some very easily made assumptions. <laughs> I think the artist is a fan of innuendo. There, there's
1: three of them on the cover this time. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> nage <Nage-a-toi>. a <laughs> uh, that, that The House of Three? <laughs> We have Kong on the Planet of the Apes, number three, we ha- which has a kind of interesting cover. We have Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, number 23. It's Morphin time! <laughs> Mastodon! <laughs> we have Road Rats, number four. Maybe uh, the Trinity will fight them <laughs> in their <laughs> Megazords.
1: The, the Trinity will fight them after they've been shrunk And they fight in their Toy Megazords against these tiny children.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next up, the Storyteller, Fairies, number two. WWE, number 13. And that wraps up Boom. From IDW Publishing, we have Assassinistas, number two. We have Diablo House, uh, number three. We have Optimus Prime, number 15. We have Star Wars Adventures, number six. We have Star Wars Adventures, Forces of Destiny, Dash Hera. Can we shorten these titles a little bit? Please. Um, And finally, we have Weird Love, number 22, from Image Comics. Image, we love what you do. Keep doing what you're doing. Oh, yeah. We have Angelic number 5. We have Copperhead number 18. We have Dark Fang number 3, which I hate to say. It, I loved the first issue. I was I was very much a fan of where it was going. Second issue completely ruined the book for me. Completely. I don't know how I, they'd ever recover from that. I was I couldn't believe how dumb it was. <laughs> a, a particular part that just ruined the entire plot, so. Yeah. That that's just me. Personal opinion. Did like the first issue, though. Uh, next up, Days of Hate, number one. Probably pick this one up. Uh, we have Evolution, number three. Another one I should probably try to scramble and get before they're all gone. Uh, we have Kill or Be Killed, number 15. We have Ice Cream Man, number one. We have Mage the Hero Denied, number five. We have Rumble, number two. We have The Family Trade, number four. And finally, we have The Further Adventures of Nick Wilson, number one. Uh, From Dark Horse Comics, we have Halo, Rise of Atriox, number five. We have Jenny Finn, number three. And that wraps up Dark Horse. From Lion Forge Comics, we have Catalyst Prime, Summit, number two. We have Catalyst Prime, Superb, number six. And finally, we have Wrapped Up, number four. From Titan Books, we have Rivers of London, Cry Fox, number three. Don't read this unless you're familiar with the books that preceded it. Because we tried to read the first issue and we were just completely lost. And the main character didn't even show up. (laughs) So there's that. (laughs) Um, Good art. Uh, Good art. Yeah. Uh, Next up, we have Robotech, number six. And finally, we have Under, number two. Uh, From Aftershock Comics, we have Brilliant Trash, number three, and Jimmy's Bastards, number six. From Vault Comics, we have Alien Bounty Hunter, number three, and we have Zojaquan, number three. From Archie Comics, we have Riverdale Digest, number six. A lot of people are saying that that show is actually pretty darn good, the show based on the Archie Comics, Riverdale. Interesting. I want to check that out. If You might actually check that uh from Oni Press, we have Made Men number five. I've been wanting to read this, but I can't seem to find the early issues anywhere. I wish I had bought it when it first came out. And that is everything coming to your local comic book shops. Please support your local comic book shops. And digital devices this week. Now it's time to hand out the prestigious Nay Life-Changing Award of cover and variant cover of the week. Oh, boy. First up for our cover of the week. Now, before I say this, really strong week for DC. Mm. Both, spoiler alert, both of the covers are from DC. Yeah. It's like they're fighting for the title right now. I am self-admitted DC fanboy. He's the, Emery is obviously the Marvel fanboy. Clearly. I verified with Emery (laughs) to make sure that the choices were as solid as I thought they were. And as you know, my favorite character is Nightwing. And I, I tried my best not to pick Nightwing, but I think the regular cover was so strong, even without my rose-colored glasses. <laughs> they are very rose-colored.
1: But I will corroborate. No other company this week has been as solid as DC with yeah. their cover art. It and was. My God. Did DC like. We had shout outs for DC that didn't make the cut, but none of the
0: shout outs that we have are for like any other company. Yeah.
1: The other because companies the, were a little weak this. Th- yeah,
0: they they they, they just, haven't been stacking up. Just, it was so random that usually yeah. when we get good covers, they all come from all the companies in one week, and then the next week is like really kind of dry. Right. <laughs> but this uh, week, just DC loaded up, and everybody else is just kind of eh, yeah g- uh, generic well, stuff.
1: Well, Image has the luxury of being able to just rely on the fact that they're the third party company. They're, each of those issues is going to have a dedicated fan base, no yeah. matter what they have on the cover. Yeah. Marvel is kind of drunk off of their own power and hasn't really been putting in the the time that DC has been putting in on their comics. Yeah.
0: Now, I don't want to belittle the artists and writers that work at Marvel cuz they 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 work hard. They put out great stuff. They're, you know, they're hard-working creators. We want to give them credit, but and I am the Marvel fanboy. Yeah. As a Marvel
1: fanboy, I can tell you Unequivocally, that yes, there are here and there good ones. Like there, there are some that are even Phoenix Resurrection one, yeah, variant of the week last week. So it it did. And Um, when we when they do have the cover,
0: that's great. We recognize that mm -hmm. Marvel didn't have it this week. (laughs) So again, I self-admitted DC fanboy and Nightwing fan. But I had Emery help me out and make sure I wasn't making the wrong choice for the oh, regular yeah. cover of the week. There was a lot of strong candidates that we shouted out. But Nightwing number 37, drawn by Jorge Jimenez, or George Jimenez, however Jorge. he pronounces it. Jorge Jimenez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's right. I used the H sound for the first name, but not the last <laughs> name. That was really stupid of me. <laughs> I'm so goddamn tasty. You, <laughs> you, you've already
1: forgotten like maybe your three years of spanish if you can't tell i'm white and from the midwest (laughs) i am not white
0: but i am from the midwest (laughs) (laughs) i'm an idiot so jorge jimenez or george jimenez however you pronounce it awesome awesome cover and again we talk about this all the time yeah um for one it's the first thing you see in a comic shop, especially if you're a new fan coming in, just trying to browse and see what's good. Yeah, th- this, this comic is... stands out; it pops with the way he used the color and the orientation of the characters. And I'm sure once they add the new format that DC has had with the redesign, I love the redesign. Yeah, so much. I still wish they put the barcode on the back, but the redesign overall is great. Uh, um, it
1: takes some notes DC from the uh, what you guys are doing with Doomsday Clock. Yeah. Put the bar on the back. I
0: beg you. It's not that big a change and it, it, it allows the art to shine even more. So, yeah. Um, they have been shrinking it. I give them credit for that, but the redesign is great. Um, right. But this cover, it tells a story, mm. which is the, the thing that always sells me. Th- that will always
1: if, give you more points. If
0: your artwork not only stands out and inspires some kind of feeling, whether it be good or bad, um, Bad being a relative term, but yeah. maybe you know, maybe it makes you sad or you know, mad or you know, inspires you in, an, in what would be perceived as a negative way or whatever you know right. brings back a, a, a you know sad memory or you know bad memory or whatever you know, that's what art is supposed to do, and in this art it doubles up on that by telling the story. It it gives you the context because it has Dick Grayson as Robin fighting back to back, you know, fists up. With Batman, and then him walking out of the shadow of the bats, you know, walking forward into the new light, walking forward as his own individual character. And I think it tells the story so well, just with the artwork alone. Not just that,
1: it's true to the character, given that my boy Dick Grayson... Is a performer <laughs> like first and foremost? It, he grew up in the circus. Yeah. like the limelight. That's a great is, point. Is his thing it's the spotlight?
0: Yeah. Right. I didn't even I didn't even consider that. Yeah, that's like, awesome.
1: Like he's no longer a Robin. He's not under the shadow of the bat. This is Dick Grayson for everyone to
0: see. Yeah. So I can say, hands down, this week has just had some of the most fun, cool covers that I've enjoyed mm. across the board. in in several weeks oh yeah and I I really love this color and cover by Jorge Jimenez um this is just awesome just told the story stands out beautiful artwork great color um just all around great job um well done guys next up again this is our (laughs) for our (laughs) variant of the week again very strong week yeah. And we already gave the shout out to Trinity Number Seventeen Variant, yep, because it's so goddamn <laughs> delicious <laughs> from Bill Shinkowitz. Oh yeah, but this that week, one
1: almost won it.
0: This week we gave it to Aquaman Number Thirty Two Variant by Joshua Middleton, which features uh, Mara and a very cool artistic uh, underwater scene where the hair is flowing everywhere. It, it almost looks like kind of like smeared like watercolors or oil paints, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he painted it and then added some Photoshop like uh, Stephanie Hans did with last week's cover. But it has a very unique and cool look. And you have, like, these kind of branches sprawling out, you know, all, much like her hair in this underwater environment. And just creating a very cool aesthetic with very cool lighting. You know, the light's coming up and she's kind of looking up at uh, above to the <laughs> almost like Little Mermaid looking to the surface world or something, you know. I was going to call her a as, badass mermaid. As silly yeah. as it is, but... It's just a really cool cover, and it, and it, it conveys emotion. You know, the emotion is very clear on her face, which sometimes with comic art it's a little simplified, and you don't really get that emotion. It's just, hey, kind of look cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this one you actually see emotion, and she she even has like kind of the um, renaissance art. You know, fingers shocker. <laughs> for not, not that's not what it is, but it's if you're familiar with kind of like renaissance art when they draw like Jesus. Yeah. he he always has like this sign up of like you know th- th- royalty i think it's what it alludes to i think you know, yeah alluding to king of kings or whatever religious thing they're trying to project but um yeah she she's even doing that kind of renaissance sign which is very cool and i'll, I'll show you examples it's it's very very good very very sophisticated very, very elegant. Yeah. <laughs> Something I don't always say about comic covers. But that's right. The the thing for
1: me personally with this cover is that they nailed Mera. Yeah. Like this this is everything that you need to know about Mera, uh, like apart from the fact that there's the giant word Aquaman mm-hmm. across the title. It, like it's right there. It's right
0: there yeah. in the image. So wonderful work by Joshua Middleton. Shout out to Aquaman number thirty-two variant by Joshua Middleton, featuring Mera, and Nightwing number thirty-seven by Jorge Jimenez, not featuring Nightwing getting fucking murdered like <laughs> every other Nightwing comic. Or Jeff or Johns, be- I'm or looking at you. Beat the fuck up. Yeah. Quit trying to kill Nightwing. Yeah. Stop it. The, also, we like Nightwing. Yeah. Not only
1: do we like like, like Nightwing, but I'm going to. I'm going to personally say I honestly think Nera would make a better fit on the Justice League than Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> well, she she's she, technically she more has powerful a, than a
0: him. unique power. Yeah, whereas Aquaman is just kind of invulnerable and strong and has a he he's a strong man a with a big ass fork. <laughs> now that being said, I love Aquaman, <laughs> specifically the post New Fifty Two one with you know, um, I think was it Jeff Johns that did that one. Yeah, it might have been. I think it was Jeff Johns that did that series. So, one of the great, many great works that Jeff Johns has done. Uh, as much as I criticize him for shitting on Nightwing, <laughs>
1: <laughs> sometimes he just has a hard on for trying to kill your favorite.
0: But um, yeah, it's not to say I don't lo- not love Aquaman. But Mara is a very cool, unique character that I think. Yeah, you know, I, 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 it, I I totally agree with you. Yeah, um, I, I would love to see more of her. Mm-hmm um there was another comic that was really good called aquaman and the others mm. where it was actually kind of precursor to the justice league where aquaman had his own kind of little ragtag group that he operated with yeah. i think that i wish they would bring that back that was another new 52 title that was kind of overlooked because it, it was aquaman and who they were <laughs> they were new characters to my knowledge and they they right. told a really good story and i think mara would have been great for that crew and stuff you know oh if they yeah. had had mara lead the others you know But of course, Mara doesn't have the pool that Aquaman does. Even though Aquaman himself probably has a kind of limited pool, so yeah, uh, especially with everybody trying to make a joke out of him. But (laughs) again, shout out Nightwing number 37 by Jorge Jimenez. Shout out to Aquaman number 32 variant by Joshua Middleton. And shout out to Trinity number 17 variant. Our our bonus cover of the week from Bill (laughs) Shankowitz. punching a T Rex. Oh, so baller! It's so good. I love it. Well done, Um, Bill. (laughs) And for our new friends out there, this is the part of the show where we typically discuss uh, a topic of our choosing about the world of comic books between me and Emery and maybe a guest if we have one. Um, This week, however, I decided uh, instead of making a separate video, which I'll probably cut out and put on YouTube... um, we're just going to do it as our topics, the t- our top 10 comics of 2017, and our favorite covers of the year. So first up, top 10 comics of 2017. Now, the reason I chose this specific number and chose to do this at all is because of a very particular uh, tweet that was sent out by um, uh, Scott Snyder in response to a Vice article, and I'll p- show it here on our, um, on our YouTube channel. So if you're watching the video, you can read it for yourself. But basically, Scott Snyder uh, uh, took a, sh- a screenshot of this article from Vice that said, The 10 Best Comics of 2017 with the subtitle, This Hasn't Been a Great Year for Comics. In fact, I wasn't even able to find 10 good comics for this top 10 list. And this was written by vice writer Nick Gazen. And Scott Snyder screenshot it and posted it and said in response... In a year filled with new voices, daring, passionate projects from all corners of the industry, at Vice should be able to do better than this. New readers often look to big sites to find ways into comics, or you could look to Hit the Books Podcast. Oh, yeah, you we'll can. We'll never steal you wrong. <laughs> Hopefully. You damn right. <laughs> Especially in tough times, this kind of incendiary move is just disappointing. And I have to say, I agreed with Scott. And we, we have only been doing the show proper since i think late july early august yeah i'd have to look at the website to see when the first week was but since late summer of this year uh that's when we restarted the previous show that we had tried to do but because of life incidents as late
1: summer of last year
0: of last year of 2017 right (laughs) um so we only had half the year to do this yeah less than half the year to pick titles from so that's why we don't have a whole lot of titles that ended before that because again we're (laughs) we're paying for everything ourselves we don't have infinite amounts of money to read all these things right and go back and check all these things and infinite time to do all this stuff right and we've only been doing the show proper since about late july early august so um even with that short period of time and limited resources, we were able, between the two of us, to very easily come up with ten comics. Very easily. So, yeah. uh, I think Nick Gazin from Vice. It's very disappointing to see that from a big news company, as Scott Snyder said, because there have been great works of art. If you don't look, you know, explicitly at Marvel or explicitly at DC, if you can't name ten, you're you're clearly not expanding your horizons enough and trying new things you're sticking to the same old same old and you're disappointed with how a particular few books went right after i went and read the vice article it seemed very consistent that was the case it seemed like he was a guy that read a lot of marvel and was just disappointed with marvel and didn't really give credit to anything else so right um
1: but not only is there one i can understand being upset at marvel mm -hmm. i also have my reasons, but not only are there like maybe like one or two things at Marvel that weren't bad, there's great stuff happening at DC. Mm. There's exciting. Image. And boom. Dark yeah. Horse. Yeah. All of yeah. these other companies that this Vertigo. guy apparently just <laughs> decided
0: not to mention. Yeah. So that's the vibe I was getting. I could be completely wrong. I don't know this writer, but I was very disappointed with the headline after I saw Scott Snyder post it and i have to agree with scott snyder completely on this one you know even dc has had some iffy things going on with rebirth and the kind of forced events with you know metal which again judging a book by its cover but it seems a little silly but it it could be good i don't know um and then you had the doomsday clock and uh what was before that post rebirth thing Um, i can't remember them all um but there there has been some things that was like uh but when I adventured away from the proper DC universe, there was some great stuff. And even in the proper DC universe, there was a handful of good comics. There's some great great art for sure. And like oh, yeah. writing, there was still some great writers. There's great teams of writers, you know. So it's just disappointing. So without further ado, let's get into the list. Oh yeah. And uh, I want to give proper credit. This is in no particular order to start off. We'll give each of our personal faves and then the overall favorite of the group. Right. Um, but these are 10 of the titles we chose um, and their creators. First up, uh, as much as we like to joke about this one, <laughs> it, it actually has very good artwork and very good dialogue and writing. So, Yeah. Uh, Nightwing, the new order, <laughs> as we like to call fascist wing uh we laugh yeah. at the concept because we think it's a little silly how it was framed right but, but there's the, a lot of good in it there is a lot of good there's a lot of a lot of new ideas explored in that one mm-hmm. uh, and this one's yeah. written by kyle higgins who's written nightwing before and i'm a big fan of and trevor mccarthy is doing the artwork so go on
1: oh yeah yeah this is uh the type of title that the idea is controversial which is uh part of the draw to it is like
0: okay let's see what happens when they commit to this bit for me the big thing is just the character they chose to do the concept i feel like they chose the wrong character probably because they want the pool of the character right but yeah (laughs) it's not a bad comic it's in and of itself the concept is good just like grayson grayson was a really really good comic i just didn't like that they chose dick grayson i thought it was inappropriate it wasn't Right. It didn't make sense for his character.
1: Right. Yeah. That that was a perfect place to put in someone new, but they wanted that pull. Yeah. Uh, this is basically the same thing, except for we're trying to pull with someone else who isn't our main pull.
0: Yeah. Who would have honestly made more sense in the story. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Mr. Miracle, of course, because we talk about it all the time. Oh, you damn right. This we do. one written by Tom King and art by Mitch Gerads. Gerads? jared's Jared's. Jared,
1: however you want to pronounce it all right
0: (laughs) yeah we'll we'll go with that (laughs) um great artwork great writing this is one of the few comics that actually gave me goosebumps man oh yeah i I remember that The last time i got goosebumps from a comic prior to this one was um gotham by midnight which was a new 52 title that focused on like the occult and stuff like that yeah and like uh a secret part of the Glo- Gotham police department that handled occult incidents is really good. Really good comic. Yeah. I loved it. And that, that was the last one that actually gave me goosebumps. And <laughs> of all people, of all characters, Mr. Mr. Miracle, Miracle gave me goosebumps.
1: Uh, Mr. Miracle, uh, thank you for literally <laughs> coming out of nowhere. <laughs> thank you for that. Uh, and uh, just wowing
0: us. Tom King, my God. Tom King also wrote Grayson. Yes. Again, very good writer. Just yeah. Wish it, he had to use Grayson because it didn't make sense for Grayson. Right. Um, it would have been great for a brand new character. but It, it would have. Obviously, uh, probably wouldn't have got the pull, So Yeah. I don't blame him. Uh, next up, we have <laughs> Batman White Knight, of course, another one we harp on again and again and again. Oh. So good by yeah. Sean Murphy or Sean Gordon Murphy, however you want to yeah. refer to him. Uh, art, also done by Sean Murphy, of course. Um, this title, outstanding. Through and through. I love everything that they have done, except for one little gripe about Nightwing. <laughs> the one thing. <laughs> it's such a small thing, it doesn't matter. Right. But as a Nightwing fanatic, I was like, oh you had to demote him. <laughs> <laughs> they took
1: away his seniority. Yeah.
0: He used to be senior son. Now he's... <laughs> Later, son.
1: They they made him the middle child. (laughs) Sweet mother of God.
0: Um, What have we done? it doesn't spoil anything it's just Uh, a little thing they put in there Yeah, it's a tiny thing that it doesn't add or take away but I love everything he has been doing I love the artwork I love the covers I love the the dialogue I love what he did with various characters like Harley Quinn and uh, Joker and Nightwing and Batgirl and Batman himself and Gordon and I just Bullock I love everything he's been doing and it's so creative and so fresh top to fucking bottom. It's just this title. Ten out of ten, easily.
1: Oh, one yeah. of my
0: favorite comics of all time already, and I, I we're not even halfway through it.
1: My only gripe with this is that it's already told me that there's not going to be more than eight issues. Yeah, that like I I want more. <laughs> my God,
0: this should be at least twelve issues. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, give them a year. Oh, my uh, God. Yes. But yeah, fantastic. If you are not reading this book, you got to read it. Find it anywhere. Comixology, your local comic book shops. You know, I usually get the new issues from uh, Laughing Ogre here in Columbus, Ohio. And then I go to World's Greatest Comics for the, the ones I missed. Yeah. Because <laughs> World's Greatest Comics is really good too. Um, and they're both close to me. So uh, yeah. go where you got to go. Oh, get your yeah. hands on these books. Borrow it. Do what you have to. Don't steal it. <laughs> read this comic yeah. book pay for it somehow please <laughs> so the creator can get his due yes because it, it, it really is it's going to be super collectible you're not going to regret <sighs> it yeah um it's it's only going to gain value over time no doubt about it next it's up like I, we ha- I, I already want a movie of this <laughs> <laughs> next up we have a book we talked about today uh port of earth by zach Kaplan and andrea mutey this one's from image comics um Port of Earth, as we said, End of Watch, Men in Black, District Nine, all wrapped into one. All wrapped into one glorious story. Oh, and it's very cool. It's very very cool how they framed everything, and uh, I I love the universe they're building. Yeah, and even at the beginnings and end of each comic, they give you like little like. uh, context for the world like they show you the different ships that exist they show you the different aliens that exist the different homeworlds, and they give you like they give you the actual like uh, police force like files on everything right uh, the the,
1: the world building yeah. is what is really this is the type of thing that only comes around like once maybe every five years yeah like something this structured and detailed and mm-hmm. like honest to
0: god Again,
1: I can't say this enough, mm-hmm. committing to the bit.
0: Yeah, and I think this comic is uh, unique in that from the other ones we've talked about so far, and that it is a concept that could continue indefinitely. You could make a consistent running comic out of this, or TV show, whatever you want. It's, yeah. It's built perfectly for that kind of concept. So Right.
1: As like uh, To give you guys just a basic like one-sentence frame-up of what the story is, it's uh, basically... Aliens show up
0: and decide to share tech with Earth in exchange for making our planet a fuel hub, their fuel being water. Right. And the intrigue and all
1: of the uh, just all of the amazingly juicy story that comes from that just as a concept yeah proceeds from that idea yeah. it's like what would I happen mean, if the if earth not, like not just like a country
0: or a set of countries yeah. but the entire planet was an intergalactic truck stop. The thing that makes it extra cool is it almost has like an Alan Moore or Frank Miller aesthetic, like classic Frank Moore or Alan Moore. (laughs) Excuse me. Alan Moore or Frank Miller aesthetic. You're mixing them. Yeah. (laughs) Just make one creator. Yeah, like I was saying (laughs) before I made uh, Miller and Moore the same person, (laughs) um, it has a very Miller slash Moore aesthetic to uh, the world. Where it has, like, the press interviews and this, you know, the cable news discussions yeah. alongside the actual storyline. So, yeah, Board of Earth is just, you know, one of those really great surprises that I, I didn't expect to fall in love with. But, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I really it, enjoyed it from the first issue on. <clears throat>
1: yeah, it, it definitely works with just how they, like. It,
0: it's world building,
1: yeah. And world building at its finest, yeah.
0: And uh, in a way that rarely happens in comic books, I think. Yeah, um, without you know, fifty years <laughs> predating it, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. They it's a really, really strong start. Absolutely. Next up <clears throat> from Marvel, we have Spider-Man Renew Your Vows. Now, I haven't read this one, but I did fall in love with the concept, and then you have read it. Oh yeah! Tell us why it makes our top ten list.
1: Um, well, uh, immediately imagine a world where things like one more day never happened. <laughs> uh, imagine a world where uh, Peter Parker and Mary Jane made the logical decision to become married, and the devil didn't get in the way of it. <laughs> <laughs> this is just stupid storyline. It, it is. Yeah. It's dumb. I can't believe it's a thing. Not Renew Your Vows. One more day. Yeah, like actual canon for Spider-Man is really silly. But I digress. Uh, Renew Your Vows is a a wonderful story about what happens when you take Spider-Man, his wife, Mary Jane, who in this case has developed spider-like powers, and their child... What would they do? They would obviously take this child who gets their powers because of, you know, <laughs> genetics at this point. It's the Partridge family, but with Spider-Man powers. Pretty much. Uh, they take them over to Xavier school. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that's just what you do. Yeah. It is the logical decision. Oh, yeah. But, of course, because it's the... Uh, the, ex, the Xavier School for the Gifted, there's a lot of baggage that goes along with that. Mm-hmm. Specifically, that that school gets attacked. <laughs> like every other week. <laughs> and yeah, it, it's a story that... It's a love letter to all of the people who had grown up with Spider-Man, had... You know, liked what they were doing with him as he got older, and like became something of like a teacher, mm-hmm. uh, and like he wasn't just a perpetual like almost broke photographer the whole time. Yeah, uh, yeah. Th- there's like acknowledging that character development and letting
0: it, you know, take its proper course. Mm-hmm. See, I like it a lot f- for the family dynamic. I like how it lets a hero actually have a future that isn't some dystopian wasteland. Yes. Where, you know, as we typically get from everything, they actually (laughs) have kids and a wife and a life outside of being a superhero. Right. And, you know, they have real-world development and character growth, and, you know... Yeah. And then they have to navigate being a parent instead of, you know, just fighting generic villain A who killed their child in a <laughs> tragic way or, you know, <laughs> you know that, that right. sort of stereotype, you know, from comic books. So I really love the aesthetic. And uh, I think uh, even recently with the the kind of uh, next generation of Batman, they've kind of dabbled a little bit in that themselves, you know, with Batman Amulet number two, if you read it, is one of our covers of the week. Bat um, manual Batmanuel <laughs> <Batman-well>. <laughs> um, but it, it, it um, gave a, a, a hero you expect to be eternally brooding and just always... In a dark, dark place to never see the surface and never, you know, get married or do anything outside of his own obsession. You know, actually gets to be a human being for <laughs> at least briefly. We'll see how long it lasts. Right. So uh, I'm a big fan of that concept. I want to read these books. I need to read these books, but I just never get around to it. So, yeah. Uh, next up on our list from Image Maestro's which is a book that totally (laughs) caught me, came totally out of left field, and I love everything about it. (laughs) It's the most awesome, ridiculous comic, adult comic. Oh, Uh, yes. Do not let your young, young children read this comic, as colorful as it is. (laughs) Yeah, 18 years old or above. And gore and everything above. Yes. It's a very, very good comic. In this one, um, uh, Maestros by Steve Scrocci and Dave Stewart, who do an awesome Mm. job with the dialogue and just the storytelling and the visual aspect of everything. It just, every cover looks cool and collectible. And just, uh, I love this comic. Maestros uh, on image is just. It's so good and so crazy and so just wonderful in every way possible.
1: Yeah, yeah. Maestros is a very special kind of wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) It's some kind of wonderful. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this is the kind of comic that, yeah, it comes out of left field. It takes you by surprise
0: (laughs) and knows exactly what it's doing. See, it's like a comic that, you know, Imagine if Will Ferrell came out of nowhere and just took off a white leather glove and slapped you across the face with it, <laughs> challenged you to a duel <laughs> in a fantasy world. <laughs> <laughs> that would almost that give would, you the emotional impact that this comic does. Have.
1: That almost scratches the surface <laughs> of the type of ridiculousness in a good and hilarity it's that, so good. that ensues in this comic and it's,
0: it actually has good world building which yeah. you wouldn't expect from right such an over-the-top right there's like there, there are things
1: that this comic manages to do that on the premise it doesn't seem like the comic would ever try to go that deep yeah but it does effortlessly oh so deep <laughs> <laughs> uh, m- phrasing <laughs>
0: uh, uh, next up on our list we have from Vertigo Imaginary Fiends Oh, Imaginary yes. Fiends from Tim Seeley another great writer that uh, I'm very familiar with as a DC guy and Stephen Molnar who's another artist I'm very familiar with and a big fan of his work. Imaginary Fiends is another book that just the premise works so well the art is fantastic. The visual ideas they create with the imaginary fiends—it it yeah. works perfectly. The first issue sets up the world very quickly, and it sets up an environment where you can either have one big crazy story arc, or you can have just a sequential series. You know, very much like X Files or something, and it, it just like Port of Earth. You know, you could do whatever you want. You know, yeah. And I love everything about it.
1: Um yeah this definitely had for me an X-Files meets uh, Supernatural yeah. type vibe to it. Yeah.
0: So I mean I think there's only been two episodes in 2017 or two two issues, issues. and the, <laughs> <we> <laughs> might say, as well be episodes. Yeah, we say two. episodes
1: because this could totally be a TV show.
0: Um but it's just it's so good all around and it's built so cleverly and so well. Uh it just <laughs> and, I don't even know how to freeze my pleasure <laughs> with this comic <laughs> because it's it's so good. And it and it's going to be one of those headlining uh, books for the kind of relaunch of Vertigo that DC has been planning for this year for 2018 going forward. So, yeah, uh, really, if you're not picking up this book, it's not that deep into it yet. Pick it up. Try oh. to try to find these issues. I it's yeah. a vertigo title, so of course it's not selling gangbusters. So you can still pretty much find a lot of them. Uh, get them now before word of mouth gets too far, and, he, and they're collectible because oh, it yeah. really is very good. Um, I mean, just to give you a quick synopsis, it's just it's a uh, it's a comic where it's kind of like a horror slash investigative, you know, kind of mystery slash uh, adventure type of story set in the real world. But um, apparently imaginary friends are not necessarily uh, fake. And in this case, they kind of cling to children and their fears. And then some will actually grow from feeding off that child's fear and feeding into it and become these big grotesque monsters that only specific people... Usually people that have an imaginary fiend of their own or uh, children can really see. And um, basically the government has their own kind of investigative branch to prevent things that, you know, and th- that like murders and... Right, you know, uh, all sorts of crimes that these fiends and their hosts can commit and uh, subject to people to, and it's just it's really good. It's really awesome. It's like Digimon <laughs> for horror fans or something. <laughs> it's it's really cool, and it, the main character is really interesting, and this you know supplementary characters are really interesting. I really like the vibe they're going with. Oh yeah, yeah. Next up, up uh, oh, sorry.
1: Uh, I was gonna say the. Just like with Port of Earth, it can go anywhere because of like the nature of how it's set up. It's like, you take that main character and make them an investigator, which just gives you the freedom to, much like Digimon or Pokemon, just a <laughs> creature of the week type deal, yeah. possibly.
0: It's very cool, yeah. it's, it's, it's good, great all around, great dialogue, believable dialogue. Yeah. Awesome world, awesome characters, awesome artwork. Just love the book. Yeah, pick it up. Uh, next up, uh, this one's a weird one. I don't think people would expect this one. X-Men Grand Design, which is... It came late. It, I think both the first and second issue were released in d- late December. Yeah. Uh, back to back. Um, this is a weird one because it's... It's do- it's, a, it's a book by Ed Piscor. Um He's basically taken... All the different eras of the X-Men and retelling the major storylines from the X-Men and these big, thick, awesome books um, and it, picking it up, it looks like a, a classic book. You know, the the artwork on the side kind of has that yellowed like uh, pastel nature, like the, you know, kind of old comics did. Yeah. Um, And then the inside, even the paper, the physical paper is different. So this is not one I would recommend get on digital. Pick it up physically, because it's so cool and so unique. Oh, yeah. Um, And it adds to the aesthetic, The you know, the paper, how it feels, how it smells, the colors they use, the pigment they use. It looks like the everyone looks like this specific era of yeah, the X-Men.
1: It's like, it definitely has the air of being, like, the biggest callback you could probably make yeah in comic book form
0: yeah uh it's it's very much told like uh historical narrative fiction like um one of my favorite authors is alan w eckert who writes uh narrative historical nonfiction books so it's written like a storybook, so you're seeing things from the perspective of the characters in third person or whatever. Yeah. But they're all factual, you know. It's factual history that's going on, uh, and he writes like the Frontiersman and Wilderness Empire and these, you know, great history books. Um, it's kind of like that, but with comic storylines, and it's uh. really cool. And, and the way he explains it, it's told from a more modern perspective, and the way that's explained is it's the Watcher explaining to the character the recorder (laughs) (laughs) um what happened after he had had time to digest all the events and see the events through to their ends and give context to the events from the beginning to end so it's not the old stories retold exactly verbatim it's retold with the modern narrative you know visualization of these past stories and um it's really excellent. It's great. I I really loved it, and I, I was very surprised because I picked it up. I thought is this just a collection of like old stories? No, it's yeah. actually a unique thing in unto itself with a very well done classic vibe. And they're thick books. They're they, they they're, it's a lot of content.
1: Yeah, that uh, just from the description that you've made, uh, this is definitely a book that I want to pick up. Yeah. Uh, I got to read a little bit of it, and it's a lot to, I don't want to say get used to, but more like readjust yeah, to, yeah. because- I have like, that same experience. Yeah, it's very much like it's done in the old way, mm. and I mean, more and, power to them for that, yeah. because this is, it feels like you're rereading like a condensed version of history.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I... It's exactly how I felt, and it was re- it was really cool, really really well done by Ed Piscor and Marvel there. Uh, next up on the list, this one another one that didn't have um, too many releases in twenty seventeen. I think it only had two, um, but I had to mention this one because they did it so well, and they did it in a way that I really love and appreciate. Witchblade, which oh is, yeah uh, yeah, I believe another Image comic, uh, Witchblade done by Caitlin Kittredge and Roberta Ingranata. Um, again, we talked about this earlier. <laughs> they took a comic that was almost a joke uh, in the yeah. comic book world for being exploitative and just like a boob. You know, <laughs> That's cover a cover comic. comic. We... Yeah. we we sell the covers with our naked women, and not necessarily our story prowess. Even though they had some decent stories, but it just got overshadowed by the fact that it was it, a boob comic. It, it sounds um, like fathom almost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, in the initial issue, there was an interview with Katrin, uh, Ka- excuse me, Caitlin Kittridge. I'm mixing her name together, mushing <laughs> it together, and Roberta in and they were talking about how they wanted to, you know, be respectful to the original material but bring it back in a way that can be appreciated by modern audiences and you know they self proclaimed themselves as like a you know feminist and wanted that sort of mantra and more relevant you know material uh, for the characters right and you know some people might roll their eyes you know hearing that or whatever but they did it in a well executed, perfect way. They did it very well. It's not in a way that's like preachy and like roll your eyes like, oh, not this shit again, you know? <laughs> it's like we get it. We get it. We're not we're not eighty year old <laughs> presidents <laughs> right we yeah we, we get that you can't say certain things you know uh, we can't do certain things in a story we're not grabbing them by the pussy anymore okay those uh, Th- those, those days those, are over those generations are not around yeah <laughs> uh, hopefully well maybe won't be around too much longer but uh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the, um, yeah the the big thing
1: about the this, this one, reboot yeah it's so it's so good yeah this is the this is how you reboot something like Witchblade. This is what happens when you have someone who, yes, they're feminist. They're trying to do respect to this story. And to their credit, they managed to. And mind you, this is just from me reading the second issue. I, I for some reason, read the second before reading the first. Um, that was my fault. I, yeah, I got it in wrong. Yeah. Anyway. Shame on me. Yeah. We'll, we'll fix that later. Um, <laughs> They rebooted this in a way that served the story, as opposed to trying to like forward their own personal agenda. Yeah, which that is how you do this. This mm-hmm. like if you want to change a character, but still you know keep the core of this character and the story intact. All you have to do is serve the story. Yeah. Th- that's that's all you need. It was like literally all they really had to do was mm-hmm. put clothes on the main character.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, if And if actually, you, cre- you know, make if, her an investigator. But if yeah. you create good content the people will follow your message you know yeah if you try to force a message into content that's not good in a story in an environment in a universe in a art style that's not good that's just overbearing and trying to you know force these things even if even if I completely agree and I'm totally you know <laughs> echo chamber right. tunnel vision in on this concept if it's forced down my throat, I will still just be like Ugh. Just stop, you know, and I think there's some titles I'm not going to well I'm going to call one out. <laughs> uh, number one with a bullet is one of those titles where great concept to begin with. Very fun artwork, very cool art style, uh, n- decent dialogue. But then at the end of every issue, it gets super preachy and starts pushing things. And then the whole end of it is just like condemnation from the writer. Of certain aspects of our society (laughs) that I personally feel could be solved by just not being on social media, but you know that's just that's just my opinion. No big deal. Um, And it sucks because I wanted to to continue with that, but it was just so forced. Both the first, second, and I think third issues of what I read, I gave it so many shots, but every issue would do the same thing. It'd start great, great concepts, redeem itself a little bit. Uh, f- flesh out the story again great concept and then at the very end it would do something it would turn heel and completely change what it was doing with the rest of the issue yeah and to to get up on a soapbox and preach some kind of thing and then just to rub it in even more and be like hey look at me look what i'm doing i'm you know so and so uh right vigilante slash martyr you know here's something that's wrong with our society for three more pages, you know? It's like, okay, uh, now that makes me, like, even if I agree with everything you're saying, it just, it rubs me the wrong way. It's too, maybe, aggressive? Is that what I want to say? I don't know. You Um, know what happens when you try to
1: shove something down someone's throat? They tend to puke it back up because it's being forced.
0: Uh, I mean, I, I know some of the most religious people in the world, but when some person comes to their door trying to, you know, give pamphlets for the church or whatever they're just like oh, leave me alone <laughs> <laughs> you know it's not good that they disagree with them or dislike them it's just it's it just, right it's it, distasteful yeah you it, know?
1: there's a different way of going about this create
0: the art create the concept create the good story focus on that and if the story is good it should relay your message by itself you know, right. you don't have to force it, and I think that's what number one with the bullet did, and that's what Witchblade does not do and executes perfectly. Oh yeah, the artwork is wonderful inside and out. I I couldn't ask for a better comic about Witchblade of all things. Right, uh, it totally <laughs> caught me off guard, and that's why I have to include it for the best comics of 2017 for us. Right, uh, and finally on the list we have Wildstorm <coughs> from Warren Ellis and Tom Davis Hunt. Uh, which is a DC comic that started uh, in February that brought back the classic Wildstorm team. And Grifter! And Grifter. Because oh, I love Grifter. buddy. Now, Wildstorm is a very unique, uh, kind of lesser-known uh, kind of superhero slash, you know, secret soldier group type of thing. Uh, sometimes it's a government thing. Sometimes it's not. This this title in particular seems to go back and forth sometimes. Um, but it's just it's a well written story with really cool characters that don't usually get the limelight very often. And New Fifty Two tried to give them some limelight, especially with like uh, Future's End. Grifter got to show a lot um, in the Batman Beyond universe. But uh, this this book Wildstorm just fleshes everybody out so well. And there's spinoff issues because it's so good. Like Michael Cray, which, you know, I don't think is as good as the main Wild Storm book, but it's okay. Yeah. Uh, Wild yeah. Storm itself was great. Artwork is great. The covers are really unique. It's it's not what I expected from DC at all. It looks a lot like image covers. Yeah. It was not what I expected. Um From DC at all. And I suspect that it's going, like Mr. Miracle, going to be on the Vertigo line before too long, and that's why it's a little different. Ragman, too. Ragman's another one, which is a pretty decent cover. Didn't make the top ten list, but another pretty good title uh, from Vertigo slash DC. So Uh, just wanted to give Wildstorm that last shout-out, and uh, that wraps up our list. Didn't seem very hard. I mean, we knocked that out pretty quick. So that Vice writer might want to reevaluate how he handles his career and reviews and right. <laughs> in journalism because it, it even if you're not like thrilled with the year you could still come up with 10 right you know unique artist writers that came up with cool concepts ideas had good dialogue had good art and he, he out of
1: about a he, couple he, hundred he,
0: different dip- titles he couldn't pick 10. He put an entire wow. industry on blast publicly. Uh, yeah, you know, with a very large, you know, soapbox. Oh, and yeah. The, the I, backlash on that, I think, ought to be huge. I think Scott Snyder was absolutely justified in calling him out for it, and uh, I intend to tweet him <laughs> about this episode. Oh, please, uh, please, uh, after please do I cut this out. So, um, once again, making sure I didn't miss anything. Oh, we got to pick our individual favorites and then our overall favorite. Of course. So, Emery, what was your overall favorite? My
1: overall favorite? Mr. Miracle. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) My God. There's something to be said about the... Out of left fucking field, nature.
0: Of all characters, right? Of all characters,
1: like with the one character that across the fucking board. A year ago, anyone who would have been asked about Mister Miracle would have said, "Who? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> the goofy looking guy with the big collar who you know escapes from stuff." That which what? one? What? That's a superpower? <laughs> oh yeah, and he's a God. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> so
1: like is he the god of escaping or is he escaping and he's just a god? What the, I don't <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the 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 out of left field nature combined with the fact that this writer is top notch. Mm-hmm. This guy Tom King's killing it, man. This guy knew how to take a character out of relative obscurity, and shine a light on this character in such a way that really made you feel as though, like, why haven't I been reading more about this character? Why yeah. hasn't, why
0: hasn't this character in all of DC Comics been more of a thing? Yeah, and I, I, I don't think we can overlook, uh, you know, Mitch Drott's, um contributions because as great as Tom king's storyline and outline is it's the panels that really sell it the kind of staticky aesthetic that they have every once in a while when something weird's about to going oh yeah the whole dark side is just complete blackout and you know the (laughs) conversational stuff he has with big barda you know that sprawl Entire page,
1: Yeah, the, I, I do want to mention that uh, the way that this comic has been paneled is in a way that for those of you who purchase your comics through your phone or whatever digital device you view it through, mm-hmm. this one is in a way kind of catered to you with the way that they have paneled everything. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah which uh, for... You know how comics as a whole are growing to where it's becoming more and more digital content, mm-hmm. it's definitely to its credit.
0: I feel like on some pages, if you're reading it digitally, you could literally just click it really fast and it would be like a stop motion, you
1: yeah, know, animated yeah.
0: style. Yeah, and, because and, they're so like one after the other. Yeah, in a oh. few
1: sequences, it, it I, I could see that working. Yeah, but my god i remember actually reading uh, issue 1 digitally and i did uh, this was the thing that tripped me out was the chills that you got i specifically i think i was only able to get those from reading it digitally <laughs> specifically For the panels where it was just dark side is yeah, it was like going from from one panel so well too, going from like one of the panels to just like dark side is like what the fuck yeah
0: (laughs) yeah I would totally agree with that this this comic as great and as collectible as it's going to be, it's probably slightly better and more impactful <laughs> as a digital read just yeah. because of the way how the, the art aesthetic is and how the panels are organized. Yeah. Uh, and it really does sell dark side is. Oh yeah. Again, it does. this comic gave me goosebumps, <laughs> <laughs> like literal physical. Goo- I get goosebumps thinking I'm getting goosebumps right now. Just thinking about it, remembering it. That's Ooh. the sign of a good <laughs> piece of art. Oh my God. So, def- yeah. Definitely check that out. Um, My choice, my personal choice, was maestros.
1: Of course. It's just
0: (laughs) so right up my alley. (laughs) (laughs) It's the perfect combination of fantasy with ridiculous, outrageous adult humor um, with- Speaking of characters who are basically the son of God, <laughs> <laughs> like out, outrageous, just well-done moments and great world-building, too. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, I couldn't ask for anything better. It, it just caught me so off guard. I, I absolutely love Maestros from Image. It's just so <laughs> good. I, I think the thing that really sells that book is th-
1: not o- only is the imagery fucking bonkers <laughs> and off the wall a lot of the time and insanely detailed. Yeah. It's to its benefit, it's paired with writing that does a lot of world building but at the same time is uniquely relatable. Yes. This is, yes. This is, like I I feel for this main character. Yeah. This guy who's li- like in this world the son of, like, a creator of the universe. Mm-hmm. But he's also this person who grew up as a fat kid <laughs> who was bullied.
0: <laughs> it's so good.
1: Who uh, unfor- had the unfortunate uh, bad luck to walk in on his mom and his dad fucking. His dad being the god of everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes, it's like he
1: walked in on that and I think was literally struck blind.
0: Oh, like, it's so not good.
1: Not figuratively, like literally struck blind. so
0: ridiculous. <laughs> it's so good. Please, if you are if you are over the age of, say, 14, 15, and you can pick this up, pick it up. <laughs> I would recommend physical, but because there's some page-turning moments where you like, the way it's made, it's just like, Oh my they did it. Oh they my really god. I was like um <laughs> it's like
1: no no no
0: Oh my god <laughs> in a good way. Yeah in, in a the good best way. way in the
1: in the, the best way imaginable. So
0: big shout out to Steve Scroche and especially uh Dave Stewart who does so much puts so much detail into every one of those panels, man. Oh my god. It must yeah. take him forever ever to do that <laughs> book. Um but it, it's such a good product, so.
1: Yeah, the the um, level of detail I'm going to say is uh on par with Juan Jose Rip. Woo! That's lofty. Ooh, my god. Yeah, like if any like uh Minor Plug Black Summer, if you haven't re- read it, read it for the love of god. It's that good. It's only like six or seven issues but it's six or seven issues of pure deconstructive genius. <laughs>
0: so that brings us to our overall book the, the one of that the year. we agree book of 2017 comic of 2017 uh, take this vice you dicks
1: <laughs> yeah knockdown drag out hands down un unequivocally unabashedly this should. is this is number one. Should
0: we try to say it at the same time? I think we should. Batman, Batman White Knight <laughs> by Sean <laughs> Gordon Murphy. Oh. Sean Murphy. All right, he fucking kills this book, and he does it all himself. Yeah, you know, besides probably coloration, I would guess. Yeah, and the... lettering. It's all him. Yeah, he writes the dialogue. He wrote the story. He's known for being an artist, a great artist. At all, man.
1: This guy has managed to take... better
0: pay him well.
1: <laughs> this guy managed to take a character that I thought, I thought honestly, had been getting about as tired as Superman, given like the duration and longevity you you don't
0: like having two issues of detective comics and two issues of batman and uh batwoman and uh batman in the signal and batman and robin and batman's justice league and um uh, and a dark universe where everyone's a batman and nightwing and super sons featuring batman's son and Should I go on? Uh, N- no. <laughs> no. DC, stop. Batman's great, but
1: goddamn. <laughs> I need to chill out. Like, that, you, the, you have other characters. Ant-Man was great. Bring him back. Everybody doesn't <laughs> have to be a bat thing. Right. Uh, this, uh, Th- that's why I'm looking forward to the new line of like, new characters coming out. Yeah, yeah. My God, we need it.
0: The but, new phase of DC's heroes.
1: Yeah. Batman White Knight manages to take the entire concept of what the Batman comics have been Mm -hmm. and completely turn it on its fucking head.
0: I mean, it, it plays with your expectations. It plays with what you know. Y- in yeah, a good, in a good in a way that's not like insulting, you know, to your intelligence or something. Right, it makes sense. Right, and it's, a, it's such a cool concept, and it even <laughs> relates to like it almost breaking the you know fourth wall. It's it, it relates to things that people are concerned about in the real world about these characters and this world. Yeah, you know? right. And it's, it's so intelligent. It's so clever. Right. It this is actually one of the first books that
1: not only acknowledges some of the things that wouldn't make sense, but it actually comes up with a good reason as to how any city would let someone like Batman exist at all and how they would clean up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Also breakout character, Jack Napier. <laughs> For those of you familiar with uh, the uh, 1989 movie Batman, starring Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson, Jack Napier is, for that movie, the real name of the Joker. And this comic runs with that.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm. I will say this. I, I am on the record saying this in the past. I don't know if the current iteration of Hit the Books, but definitely in the former Hit the Books. Um, yeah. I am on record saying that it annoys me when people try to give Joker an origin story right. or something of that sort. To me, it's just like it takes away what makes Joker so scary. Right. But I this one pulls it off so well because it's not about like making Joker menacing. Right. It's about making Joker intelligent and cunning and strategic this and almost human. Right. This
1: this is about making the Joker, and I'm not even going to call him Joker anymore. I'm calling him Jack Napier because in this comic, the Joker is a past event. It's like this. This is a story of what happens when you somehow managed to get rid of the joker in the only way that
0: batman would ever allow mm-hmm. medication mm-hmm. and it, even with that it's so you they they he does things from time to time that just makes you question like is he really are the is he is this all just an elaborate scheme Is this the long con? Is this the long con, or is this legit? Yeah. And what's going to happen? Yeah. Uh, Is this all just one orchestrated, well-orchestrated plan to fuck with Batman just (laughs) one more time? (laughs) (laughs) It's so well done. It's so clever. I can't recommend it enough. Batman White Knight, if you're not reading it, you have to read it. I I can't tell you any more than that. If there's any comic from 2017, that you need to be reading. It is Batman White Knight.
1: Batman White Knight. I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, this is probably the best story that Batman has ever gotten.
0: I don't think you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: really good. I, I mean... So is, far. It, it's So, so far... About halfway through, but so far, so far. I, w- I would put this on par with Nightfall. Mm-hmm. I would put this on par with, anything having, with uh, Hush. Hush. Yeah. Uh, anything having to do with Batman Hush. Hush. Anything having to do with Rachel Ghoul. Anything having to do with actually the Court of Owls. Death of the Family. Yeah. Uh, there, there are a lot of long-term story arcs that they've done with Batman. Yeah. And in, in like four issues so far, this one has managed to take all of those, understand what those are, Mm -hmm. and surpass them by getting you to acknowledge the honest question Why Batman, why, like, why of all the things that we try to do or try to allow or, like, all the things that we would want or think that we need in a city, Mm -hmm. why a person dressed up as a bat... Running around with the most expensive gear. Destroying the city with its tanks. Destroying half the city, most likely, because no one drives around with a tumbler and comes clean out of a city. (laughs) That's just... That, that is not how that works,
0: yeah. specifically with a town like Gotham. I don't think Batman's stopping at red lights too often. Oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Especially not this Batman. Oh, yeah, no. So, yeah. No, also, the
1: reality of what it would mean for someone like Batman to have spent years, most likely a decade, mm. or a little more than a decade at this point, punching strangers in the face
0: (laughs) (laughs) yep yep yeah Uh, yeah there you have it folks our top 10 list just gonna run through them really quickly for you and then our particular personal choices oh yeah nightwing the new order mr miracle batman white knight port of earth spider-man renew your vows maestros imaginary fiends x-men grand design witchblade wildstorm uh emory's personal choice mr miracle my personal choice maestro's and our overall great choice batman white knight take that vice we got you back scott snyder oh yeah if you never see this (laughs) Uh, and great work by all those creators it's just awesome awesome stuff oh yeah Uh, and we really didn't have to think that hard no it's coming from a very limited pool (laughs) um
1: with our limited pool, with our we limited budget found and limited
0: 10. time frame. Yeah. Um, next up, we got our favorite covers of the year. Again, you can go to htbvids.com, just click the little menu tab and click covers of the week and then you can click 2017, 2018 to see what's currently a cover of the week and what was formerly a cover of the week. So, uh let me get into 2017. I'm going to run you through all the 2017 covers of the week. Again, you can chant. You can check out htbvids.com. An easier way would actually be to go to htbvids.com forward slash the year. So if you go htbvids.com forward slash 2017, it will take you directly to the covers of the week for 2017 and vice versa for 2018. So uh, starting from episode one, we have uh, Aquaman, number 26, uh, covered by Stepan Sajic. And the Art Germ variant of Astonishing X-Men, number 1, covered by Stanley Lau. Uh, next, for episode 2, we had The Punisher, number 14, by Declan Chalve. And our variant was Edge of the Venomverse, number 3, Limb variant, by Ron Lim. For episode three, we had Jessica Jones, number 11, covered by David Mack, and our variant was Justice League, number 26, Paquette variant, covered by Yannick Paquette, who I believe won one of our covers last week for Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, I think. For episode four, we had, why did I, I'm stupid, I didn't put the title on the website, so that, I gotta correct that. Mm. I I think it was Astonishing X-Men, I don't remember what cover title, I'll, Write it here on the episode on YouTube. Uh, and that one was done by uh, Mike Diodato Jr. And then the variant of the week was the Dark Knights Metal number no. one, Jim Lee variant, uh, featuring Wonder Woman kicking some ass. Yeah, I, I think they are. Uh, from episode five, the cover of the week was Nightwing number no. 29, cover by Stepan Sajic, who was also <laughs> week one. Step and Sajic, making a lot of appearances. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then uh, the variant was Invincible Iron Man number 11, covered by Addy Granoff. Episode six cover of the week was Gotham City Garage number one, covered by Raphael Albuquerque. This is not a good book.
1: <laughs> don't 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 read
0: it. Beautiful cover. The illustration and the inside and the writing and the dialogue is just so it's pretty bad. The plot's bad. This is not good, unfortunately. But it's based on a toy, so what do you expect? Right. <laughs> uh, and then the episode six variant was Mister Miracle number three variant, uh, cover done by Mitch Drads. Uh Episode seven's cover of the week was Maestro's number one covered by Dave Stewart and Steve Scrooge. Uh Episode vi- seven variant of the week was uh the batwoman cho variant from michael cho episode eight cover of the week was the unsound from boom studios number five cover by jack cole and the variant was uh again from boom studios uh the power of the dark crystal takeda variant by santa takeda who's famous for her monstrous series which is beautiful um wonderful artwork Episode 9 cover of the week was Batman White Knight number 2, covered by Sean Murphy. And the episode 9 variant of the week was Dynamite's The Shadow, cross Batman number 2, from Philip Tan. Uh, Episode 10 cover of the week was Titan Books Rivers of London, Cry Fox number 1, covered by Lee Sullivan and Luis Guerrero. And the variant of the week was. (laughs) <laughs> was Moon Knight number one eighty eight Shinkowitz variant by Bill Schenkowitz, who also makes frequent appearances on our covers of the week. Um, the raw artwork was very good, but when we went to buy it, it was a three D cover, and the three D was executed very poorly. Oh, and I literally it hurt. liked the advertisement on the back more than the cover, and <laughs> I I framed the advertisement on the back. Yeah, if that, that tells you anything. So it is marked revoked. <laughs>
1: yeah, that, that that was a cover that hurt <laughs> me. Unfortunately,
0: when we see the listings, we can't tell if it's a 3D variant or not. Um so when we go to the shop and it, you know, if it's a 3D variant, that's fine as long as it's executed well. That right. one was not executed well. Um Episode 11 cover of the week was Batwoman number 9 covered by Fernando Blanco and episode uh excuse me, episode 11 variant of the week was IDW's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, number 76, 1 in 25 variant from creator uh, Kevin Eastman. I uh, really like that one. Uh, episode 12's cover of the week was Vertigo's Imaginary Fiends, number one, covered by Richard Pace. And the episode 12 co-cover of the week, because uh, I guess the variants were pretty weak that week, um, was Dark Horse's Angels, season 11, number 11, covered by Scott Fisher, which just has... Such an awesome aesthetic and great colors. Uh, Episode 13's cover of the week was DC's Batman Annual number two, Batman. Well, Batmanual? Cover (laughs) by Lee Weeks. And the episode 13 variant of the week was Images Spawn number 280, Alexander and Walcott variant, covered by Jason Sean Alexander and Denora Walcott. Uh, Episode 14 cover of the week was Marvel's Hawkeye number 13, covered by Julian Totino Tedesco. Um, and episode 14 variant of the week was DC's Nightwing, number 34, uh, Putri variant by Yasmin Putri. Um, episode 15's cover of the week was Vault's Reactor, number three, cover by Dylan Burnett. Uh, episode 15 variant of the week was DC's Wonder Woman, number 36, Freezon variant by Jenny Freezeon, And finally, the episode 16 cover of the week was Marvel's Tales of Suspense number 100, covered by Marco Checchetto, And episode 16's variant of the week was DC's Batman number 37, Coipel var- variant, covered by Olivier Coipel. So, some really awesome covers. Again, it, um, I really insist that you take a look at our website. Uh, again, no advertisements or everything. We're not financially benefiting from this this is for your benefit it's so some of these covers are just so great and it's great to see them all together there you can see all the creators the writers the illustrators all listed for you and once i update it it'll tell you whether the content matched the drapes for each one that we reviewed and are going to review so that that'll tell you whether you want to pick it up for the story as well as the beautiful cover art oh yeah um we each picked our own personal favorite of the year, and then we have an overall voted favorite between the, bu- the two of us. Uh, Emery, which one did you choose?
1: Out of all of those covers, I do have to say, Batman White Nine number two.
0: Detecting a theme. There seems to be a very successful book <laughs> of <laughs> 2017. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, like when when you... Pair a great writer with a great artist, that's one thing. Mm. When you have some guy who has a singular focused vision and is capable of executing that in both the writing and the art by himself, yeah. it, it shines. It absolutely shines through. It also helps that, to further flesh out this entire, like, why you should buy Batman White Knight, uh, this issue two In the cover sets up one of the the concepts that people have kind of been playing with like a little bit before and also in a lot of ways since the movie The Dark Knight. Yeah. Just how attached to Batman Mm -hmm. is the Joker? This cover answers that by saying... This guy would have a fucking shrine to him.
0: Yeah, and it's it's something I harp on all the time. You know, if for a cover to not only be really good technically and visually, it's got to tell a story with the artwork alone. And this your your pick perfectly illustrates that. It tells a story just with the artwork. This yeah, this man who is just. You know the coattails of the Joker combined with the the mad way he's holding his hair, just facing almost praying at this shrine to Batman he has created because he's just so obsessed. It engulfs his entire (laughs) life, and Batman over him, just darkly shrouding him. You know, yeah, engulfing everything that he is, and his entire existence (laughs) revolves around this one.
1: Person like with that image, you can say wholly and completely that this is a person who considers their own existence
0: incomplete without this other figure. Mm-hmm. And they e- it even put in a little uh, a few Easter eggs in that cover too. If you look real closely, there's oh, some yeah. uh, famous things from bat history. Oh yeah, are, yeah, that are pretty cool.
1: Some some gems for those who should buy this book. Uh, you should buy this book
0: so take a closer look at that if you get the time oh yeah it's very very good uh next up mine uh this i i had so much trouble choosing just one because there were some really good ones even though we've only been including picks from you know late july right. <laughs> through to the end of december and we skipped a few weeks you know with christmas and i think a few other things so I had a really tough time, but finally I chose episode three's variant of the week. Um, DC's justice league, number 26, Paquette variant, Yannick Paquette, who consistently does great work. Uh, and we (laughs) seems to appear on our lists both this year and last year. Um, Paquette created this awesome aesthetic with beautiful, a beautiful use of lines and coloration. Uh, almost like a circus poster you know like the the old barnum and bailey circus posters that were built to catch your eye and bring you in to see the bearded lady and the strong man and the elephant man and whatever else you know yeah
1: um, it's like you, it it definitely has the feel of you're about to see something that is larger than life
0: yeah and it, again you it, it was so hard to choose just one but this one, again, it, it kind of tells that story that this is such a weird ragtag group. This is the group that's supposed to bring you in. This is the Justice League. This right. ragtag group of mismatched, you know, super-powered <laughs> <laughs> egotists, you know? Right. And it just it shines so well it displays wonder woman at the front forefront with batman and superman flanking her and then there's little details everywhere on the borders of it with characters popping out in the borders and and the little you know showcases underneath you know it's just it's executed so well and even the title is like placed perfectly within the artwork and that's that's a thing i really admired about uh spider-man renew your vows this year yeah every cover the title is hidden in the artwork it's on a sign it's on a billboard in the background they're swinging past it it's not distracting from the artwork it's adding to the artwork yeah and it it
1: it becomes a part of the artwork mm -hmm. which is the perfect way to do that.
0: And I love it. I love it. I love it. So that made my final decision. It was very tough, you know, like I really liked that angel cover and um angel uh, the, cover is the kind of really noir batman slash catwoman cover that was episode sixteen and it just so many great covers. Uh even the one that was next to it for episode three, the Jessica Jones, you know, kind of self portrait, <laughs> kinda LSD self portrait. Yeah. Um uh, you know watercolor aesthetic it was beautiful um so big shout out to Yannick Paquette uh and all the other artists we mentioned um please look at their work and pick these covers up because they're just they are works of art they're just beautiful yeah and then our final overall pick went all the way back to week one. Oh, our, our man our, <laughs> our pilot episode of the relaunch Aquaman number 26 cover by Stepan Sajic um, this one featuring a very, very detailed Mera um, <laughs> in full force using her, her powers. And it's, look, you have to r- realize just how fucking monotonous it is for an artist to draw scales <laughs> repeatedly. <laughs> Small, defined, well-placed scales and doing it in a way that makes the light uh, create the illusion of three D imagery and realistic, you know, imagery. And this one does it perfectly. And it, then you, you add the the way he manipulated the light sourcing uh, on the hair and on her outfit, and just all the you know swirling ocean around her. Um, everything is so technically proficient and professional and just at a master level. I, yeah, as, I was going to call this a, a masterwork as a penciler. It's just that takes so much dedication. And I, I have a lot of respect for all the artists that take on Aquaman <laughs> and do it well. Yeah. And, and, specifically in like a realistic fashion and not like a cartoony. I'll draw a few scales and it'll, you know, make the impression that there's scales everywhere. No, no, <laughs> Yeah, Step and Sajic actually went through the, the, the fucking effort to make this an epic piece of art. And again, there was so many great covers in 2017. It's hard to pick just one, but I think you'd agree that this is just so great.
1: Yeah, th- there is something to this particular cover, which, again, is kind of ironic that this was episode one. Yeah. Uh, th- There's something about this cover that popped in a way that I I had to do a double take. Yeah. It's like it stands out so like, like of all the titles, one, it's Aquaman. <laughs> Two, it's a character that is drastically more powerful in quite a few ways. Mara. And three, it's done in a way that is not only tasteful, but it's so articulate mm-hmm. in its expression of the costume, the expression of her power, mm-hmm. the the exp- and it doesn't it in yeah.
0: a way that doesn't beat you over the head with it. Right, it's not the. Cocky, new age. Hey, look at me! I'm so strong and powerful and perfect. Right. No, it's she. Looks she is like, enforcing
1: her will like, as a character. It's like she looks like she is in the middle of attacking something. Yeah. And yeah. the way that would it like I I would be afraid. I would immediately be afraid of what looks like is going to be a very powerful like water blast of some kind. <laughs> because that that's what it looks like. It looks like. Something on par with like 3D animation where she's mm-hmm. charging up like a water based Hadouken, the, basically. You
0: remember the end of Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End where they're battling on their ships in the giant whirlpool? Whirlpool, yeah. That was Mira. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. She's like, I
1: was busy attacking something else and. You guys have fun, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's just an awesome cover, beautiful artwork. It, it had to have been painstaking to <laughs> fucking do all that, um, and it it just it shines so brightly. No pun intended there. It just looks so great, uh, Steppen Sajic. You fucking knocked it out of the park with this one. Oh my and god! Yeah, you have <laughs> earned the prestigious, nay, life changing award. Comic cover of
1: 2017.
0: (gasps) (gasps) Yeah! Oh,
1: my God. Holy shit. Stefan Sajic. More. More, please.
0: But seriously, shout out to all the comic creators, all the writers, the illustrators, uh, the colorists, the cover artists, the guest artists. um, Just... Even the publishers and the editors that take these things on, the letterists, they work so goddamn hard <laughs> and for specifically in the art side of things, yeah, unless it, you're a Jim Lee, you're typically just not getting the credit you deserve, and that sucks, yeah um, but it, it's, they put so much effort into this media that we love. And adore and collect and frame, you know, yeah, like, like priceless like, works of art because they will be. Yeah. I genuinely believe that some of these things will be priceless works of art.
1: Yeah, they, just, these are n- not just timeless, but these are teams mm-hmm. working on each individual issue. Yeah, to make sure that we can
0: have the opportunity to purchase it ourselves. Mm-hmm. So I really want to thank you all for all the hard work you do. Um, and I, I, I hope to meet some of you in person at some kind of signing or something. Yeah. Uh, and personally, thank you for the great works of art and the great writing and the great stories that you've uh, given us. And I want to thank Scott Snyder, not only for his pr- great work in the past, but also for bringing this to my attention because I, I, I wasn't even going to do it, but yeah, uh, he brought that to the forefront and called this guy from Vice out. And, and I think appropriately, and this guy from Vice, not to single him out. He's not the only one I've seen things from different outlets, you know, uh, IGN, YouTube, you know, uh, d- Forbes, where you have had these kind of, you know, cynical people that probably only subscribe and really pay attention to one or two companies. Right. And are, so butthurt about their one franchise or their one group of company comics that um, they feel the need to just trash the entire industry and trash all the hard work that these creators do. Um, Completely
1: blind to um, the I'm going to say there's more likely more than 10 Mm -hmm. good titles that have been entire
0: year. Yeah. In an entire year. I read like a hundred titles every week. You telling me you couldn't find one. (laughs) Um, God. So really, um, I want to thank all the creators out there and thanks Scott Snyder for, uh, posting that on Twitter. And I think rightly calling that, that writer out. So, um, I want to thank you all for sticking with us. This has been a little bit longer than usual because of all the news and uh, the listing and stuff we wanted to do. And I hope you enjoyed it again. If you liked what you saw and heard here, be sure to hit like and subscribe. It really does genuinely help us out. Um, uh, We're trying to get to that point where we can have a vanity URL extension on our YouTube channel. So we don't have to, (laughs) make people (laughs) click a button they can just look at the forward slash hit the books or whatever the case may be yeah Um, that would really help us out if we can get to that goal um we'd be super grateful um remember you can always uh talk to us comment in the youtube comment section uh give us a good review or constructive criticism on stitcher itunes youtube whatever uh and like on and sc- subscribe on those services if you use those uh, audio services. Uh, remember, you can hit us up on Twitter at HTBVids. Again, at HTBVids. You can hit us up on Facebook at forward slash hit the books. Uh, again, facebook.com forward slash hit the books. Um, and if you feel like you want to, you can talk to me directly. I'm on <laughs> Twitter too. Uh, what kind uh, again, of discussion do you think we've had? This one isn't mediocre. This one was fantastic. This was a fantastic episode of Hit the Books podcast. You damn right. <laughs> <laughs> but in all seriousness, this these past few weeks have been pretty damn good. Yeah. I really loved the topics last week. Oh and yeah. I think this week the discussion was really good. Oh um, yeah.
1: The, like we we've had the good fortune of having very interesting mm. topics, like very timely topics to talk about Mm -hmm.
0: so i i want to thank all the viewers and listeners that joined us in 2017 and followed us into 2018 we really appreciate you um i want to thank bob for joining us uh in december (laughs) he's been our number one (laughs) guy our new crewman uh bob the hero we all deserve but not the one we need (laughs) not the one we need right now um
1: or or maybe it's the other way around
0: it's complicated again New episode every Wednesday. We got plenty of reviews in the future for you movies, uh, uh, comic volumes, uh, you name it. They're going to be on the website pretty soon. Again, it all comes down to time. We're just two guys. Yeah. We're just two guys doing things. Yeah. We're, uh, we're two guys who like comics a whole lot. <laughs> and remember, if you forget any of the links or extensions, you can literally go to our website, hdbvids.com. You know, hit the books, hdbvids.com. And just click the fucking buttons. <laughs> they literally tell you where to get, what to click, and it'll take you right there.
1: Click it, they'll give you the goods. And that
0: includes our uh, favorite resource, freshcomics.us. So, once again, thank you for watching. I've been your host, Chris Holcomb.
1: And I'm Emery Saunders. And
0: we will see you next week on episode 20. Thank you for a wonderful 2017. And here we go into 2018.
1: May we all survive the experience.
0: Ballistic missile! Ah! <laughs> Oh, God.